guys, welcome to a Cleveland Moto podcast. And what number are we at? Oh, fuck. 367. 267? I think so. Or 57. 57? Great. I'm, I'm going to go out and physically look because now it's just too embarrassing to not know. The, uh, it, it, would be, uh, it would be just cruel to, to lead people in this primrose, primrose path of not knowing. But I'm going to guess 357. I think 57. I think you're right, Smith. But the yeah, reason I, we I, don't know anything is because Phil's been out celebrating in otherworldly places for like three weeks, enjoying. Yeah, life. I figured. Yeah, I figured that we'll we'll just talk about that for a second and kind of, you know, uh, I'll I'll bring you guys up to speed because it well, is. We yeah, got hate mail. We got hate mail for not posting any fucking any any podcasts. Yeah, I, I heard from several people asking if we gave up or we did something, and we said no, no. Phil is gallivanting out in the islands. Right. He'll get back yeah. to us when he can. I'll come and back when I damn well feel like it. Uh, and the Christmas one was 356. The Christmas. Yeah, one. this is 357 Magnum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is 357 Magnum. I dropped a best of uh, the one where Dustin, Shane, and I went down to Kentucky to do the do the ton rally. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I dropped that. That was a lot of fun. So I put that one up for folks. That's a really good podcast. Um, it's got a lot of crowd participation. There's banjos. Um, it's got a lot of live music. It's a good, yeah, it's a good podcast. It's a lot of fun. So, so. if this podcast turns out to be a dud, are we going to rename it like 38? Yes. <laughs> 38 special. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's less powerful than the 357. Yeah. <laughs> Can we name it 380 Auto? 380 Auto. You want yeah, the 380 that's- Autos, okay? That's a, that's a tough one. The, uh, had a bit of an emergency at the house just before I launched the podcast. Uh, I they have tonic at Aldi, uh, little jars that are very similar to the um, Fever Tree, right? They're like the Aldi version of Fever Tree, and they're fucking delicious, and they're not expensive. Eight ounce bottle, perfectly good for a really tall, like a triple, right? And uh, so I poured out my I poured out my eight ounces of tonic in my fancy measuring glass and everything at exactly eight ounces of tonic in there and then i went to grab my gin and there wasn't any oh so i had to go out into the garage to get the double secret reserve stash of gin and uh the only thing i could find was the gin that i got from under my mother's kitchen cupboard before she died out of the trailer park and so tonight i'm drinking gilby's gilby's (laughs) And not just Gilby's, my friend, not just Gilby's, but under the sink, aged, fully, uh, fully developed. There's I'll tell you how old this bottle is. There's no WWW anywhere on it. So this bottle predates the Internet by a damn good bit. Uh, It does have a tax. No, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't have a tax stamp on it. So that means mom probably smuggled this down from Canada. So if you're buying six dollars worth of gin at the duty free. In a in a handle, like a I mean a proper fucking handle. Uh yeah. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. Yeehaw. How does it compare to sea aged gin? That's what I want to know. Right, exactly. Even the freaking sea aging. <laughs> this this gin, yours. This gin has virtually no flavor. <laughs> yeah. It's the vodka of gins. Right. Excellent. Unless you sailed with it, there's no proof it was sea aged. That's as true. I watched moonshiners and they stuck their clear moonshine in barrels for six months on a boat and it came back tasting like 15 year old aged whiskey. 
So according to is a thing. Thank you very much. According to them. Well, yeah. I mean, a TV show that we have no documentation whether it's real or not. But I take that as gospel, and they made good whiskey out of it. So. And and but it is an entertainment program. So if you were entertained, mission accomplished. But I'll yeah. spend an extra ten bucks to buy boat whiskey. That's all. I'm right, saying. boat whiskey. <laughs> but I thought they sunk those barrels to like the bottom of the ocean and let them sit there for like a certain amount of time, and then. No, raise- what they say is that when you put it on a boat. It's the, the temperature changes every day a bunch of times. And then, of course, it's rocking. So that, that sends the whiskey through the wood a lot faster and more. And then the constantly changing temperatures and salt water and stuff pull the whiskey into the wood and then suck it back out. So they say that, like, when you do that, you lose 10% because it's way more volatile than just sitting in, like, a basement or something. But you, you age it more. That so sounds like bullshit to me. Behind boat, boat whiskey. That's bullshit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> then why don't you just put it on a simulator and spray salt water on the barrels and then say, what the hell? I mean, it would work the same way. <laughs> That's Cleveland whiskey. You just nailed it. Congratulations. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that sounds pretty special. Yeah. There's the ghost of Nick Present. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he's getting pizza for all of us, even though he's in yeah. South Carolina or wherever. Yeah. So that's good. So um, anybody buy anything weird today? Did you get your moon sex capsule? I did. Oh. <laughs> I did. I'm very, I'm very proud to announce that I am the, the new owner of a... Lunar sex capsule, an astronaut shagging wagon. <laughs> that's that's oh. that's the only way I can put it. Uh, I really can't. I can't think of a possible better way to describe exactly what the fuck that thing is. But yeah, it's that's exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, I bought it. So I bought it. It's a 1997 uh, Toyota Hiace, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's air, it's got air ride suspension, you know, it's slammed on the ground. Uh, there's a little bit of an air assist so you can get it, it like up and down over curbs and shit. So, uh, we'll see. I have no idea what this thing's going to check out to, but everything's shipping right now. So slow. It may be June before I see the damn thing. So, oh, so just got, just purchased it online, but it, you haven't received it. Yeah. Okay. I, I made right. the purchase. I, I did all the things that one needs to do to, uh, facilitate making the buy and that's uh yeah and that's that's what happened so it's under the, offer it's under offer that's exactly right do you know yeah. uh, like the fire truck and there are two that i was going to ask you about there is there is a fire truck up there right now but it's uh i believe it's a 97 i think we have to wait 10 months well this was this was not a 97 it was um like a 90 or 92 oh. and, it, and it was a Nissan it had uh, 19,000 kilometers on it. The underbody was meant. It had a shoot me a link. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll look send me a right. link. I'm very curious about that. The, uh, yeah. Cause that sounds cool. It might already be sold, but I thought you weren't importing anymore. So I didn't say anything. Okay. So. Yeah. You can let me know about that stuff. It's that's, that's totally cool. The, uh, yeah. I was just looking at some of the costs of some of the things because they've gotten a bit ridiculous. But the price in Japan, they did go absolutely batshit. I mean, it went batshit crazy for more than a minute. And then it did finally settle down. So 
yeah, so the the astronaut sex van that's uh, that's happening. So um, I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, you we'll mean see. the price on their end or the sh the shipping? We know that went up. Yeah. So what's happened is this. So the price that they're telling you. So when you go to a, a, a white person friendly site like Be Forward, right, and they tell you something uh, like, oh, this vehicle's three thousand dollars, but it's going to cost two thousand dollars to ship it. Well, that's not entirely the whole story. That's the guy in Japan telling you best case scenario. Right. So, but that's not a real actual forecasting of what the price of the vehicle to ship really is going to be. That's mostly a guess. And then they submit that out to a shipping company. And then the shipping company gets back to you or your customs broker and says, oh, well, that's great that they told you that, but this is the actual. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here he is. Still there? Yeah, I yep, sent you that link, Phil. So. Yeah, cool. Thank you. I'll, I'll I'll look into that and figure out what that one is. The only thing that scared me is like you said that the sheet has a couple things written in that box. Yeah, chicken scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Yeah. We can go through this. I'll I'll rip through it and see exactly what it's all about. But they're it's uh, cheap. It's the price. So the price of the shipping has gone up, but the cars that were absolutely out of control, overpriced have softened up and that's nice. I mean, that's a really good thing because it was, uh, it, it was ugly there for a minute. I mean, it was really, really ugly and that's, that's no good. So we'll, you know, uh, the prices, the pricing in Japan at least seems to have settled down quite a bit, which is exactly what you want to hear. So, yeah. So that's that. The, and, uh, so you were mentioning the, like the high ace Then I was watching this week, I think, the uh, 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 YouTube channel donut, they yeah. did a, a, the recent one of the, the new cars that you can import. And I think they talk about the, the high ace and the, what's the other one? The, the Delicas? The, the Mitsubishi? Yeah, the Delicas, right. They're talking about those. So, was nice to so see the those. big problem right now is a lot of states have decided to make things illegal they just based that, on the yeah. word. And like what's yeah. happened is just like having a pit bull you know, if you've got a pit bull, a pit bull is now an illegal commodity in a lot of states and a lot of cities and everything else. But if you have an American bull terrier or something like that, oh, then it's okay. That dog's fine, but a pit bull's not fine. Oh, a pay truck. Yeah, yeah. The, the word K truck or Kai truck don't, is probably going to get. Don't call it a pay truck. Yeah, yeah. Don't call it that. So I've been changing. So on my titles, when I do the titles, I'm coming up with other things to call them. So hopefully that will help protect them a little bit yeah i wasn't sure if we were allowed to share share screens or not let's see if i can oh yeah okay um yeah see if you can open that up because i'll show you guys what that thing looks like whole standby where is it uh not a honda acti it's a pilot i uh, know i'm just actually calling it a honda 660. so if you call it a honda 660 you know, they did legally import Honda 600s in the 60s. So yeah. call it a Honda 660. Well, there was a car that was legally imported and sold in the United States called a Honda 600. Well, what about a Subaru 360? A Subaru 360 was legal. Of course. And exactly. it's half the engine of, of that. So. And it's a two-stroke. Yeah. yeah. Now, all you have to say, if you ever want to win this argument, the best way you can win this argument is you can say Messerschmitt Kabinenroller. 
So, or BMW Izetta. Like there's no way that the BMW Izetta can be remotely considered to be safer or whatever than any uh, 660cc K truck from 30 years ago or mm-hmm. newer. So, but it's just a bullshit thing. It's just like some senator getting a wild hair up their ass, you know, that kind of thing. That's a, I mean, I, I hadn't heard of all the news articles where these things were, I mean, I know that there are issues with them that they can tip and stuff, but they're not that bad. I mean, like take a jacked up Jeep will probably roll over right. faster than one of them. Yeah. So that's the thing. I don't know if you guys can see that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's the thing. That's uh, the I don't know if it'll let me. Do, can you see that? Yeah. The inside. Uh, yeah. It's still on the outside picture. That's a new high ace or a newer high ace. Yeah. So that's a, that's a 97, right? So that's a 97, uh, 3.0, uh, 3.0 turbo. Uh, diesel and the uh that's the inside holy shit cooler i bet yeah, you it, it does. smells it, like, it like uh, uh, i bet you if you open that it smells like pennies and bleach yeah oh my god yeah that's yeah so that's what i'm i mean that's what we're talking oh about god. like as far as it being, yeah, it absolutely has a, a very distinctive, uh, it has a, a very distinctive look to it. And, uh, but it's no, got- No black lights, man, please. Yeah, don't, it's, don't ever yeah, do it's, that. It's got <laughs> something on the order of 5,000 watts of stereo in it. So, you know, that, you know, I think it's got three head units. That's looking at it from the back, pointing Ooh. forward. And then up here on the roof. I'd make Colby go in there and clean that out with some (laughs) lice. Yeah. I think there's a whole generation of Japanese people that were conceived in the back of this thing. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's fucking cool though. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really excited about that. So that's, that's going to be, we'll be, we'll be seeing that sometime in the near future, hopefully. And so that's a, that was a good thing. And yeah, didn't, haven't been buying much in the way of motorcycles. Uh, but then today, I you'll, I posted up on the Facebook. I, today, I did buy a Jaguar. Oh, that was you? That's me. I saw the picture. I didn't know if you... Yeah. <laughs> today More details. You, today, you have become an asshole. Absolutely. More details to follow. Right. I'm only going to be able to wear these hats for the rest of my life. And uh, and gloves that have, like, mesh backs and no fingers. Yeah. So are you, did you order already your plate that says Shaggy? Welcome to the Asshole Club. I joined the Asshole Club when I got the Corvette. That's exactly right. Do you have a satin jacket yet or not? No, but but I believe that in the world of Jaguar, what I need to get is a jumper like this one, but it says Jaguar across the front. Yeah. You're a much higher class of asshole than me, though. But you're just a geriatric. <laughs> it's a geriatric. The thing about the Jaguar... You're the more like the night. You're more like the polo wearing. Yeah, it's the '96. Uh, it's the '96 straight six. You know, XJ6. So it's uh, a couple of years after Ford started helping them along. So, well, the six is better than a V12. Sure. I I love the idea and the concept of owning a V12 of anything. That that whole idea is great. But remember, I ultimately want to drive it and then sell it very quickly. So the the goal is to be able to drive it and sell it before something breaks that takes away the profit margin of selling it. So the, the XJ6. Yeah. 12 XJ6, of everything, no good. Yeah. 
the sixes are massive though when you look under the hood that six is a massive engine it is it's a it looks like an airplane motor in there so the uh pretty excited about it so but it's a it's a really low mileage car it's only got about forty five thousand miles on it oh wow yeah so super crazy low hey guys look at that <clears throat> oldest daughter oh yeah back from school yeah going back to <laughs> osu on sunday Woo! Go Bucks! Yeah. <laughs> the uh, so super. I mean, if are you guys ready to hear the update on the world's weirdest, not intentional motorcycle trip? Yes. Sure. So when we booked this trip to the Virgin Islands, uh, there were th a couple of reasons we booked it. One is we figured due to COVID, there would be no cruise ships, and that the worst thing in the world about the Virgin Islands is cruise ships. So if you take the cruise ships out of the equation, the Virgin Islands should be pretty damn cool. So uh, we got there, St. Thomas, and there was no fucking cruise ships. And it was great because like anything you wanted to do, you could do it. We got there on the 18th of uh, December. So it was well ahead of the Christmas rush. And we had made arrangements with a motorcycle rental company, motorcycle scooter rental company. And we were, we initially were kind of shocked that there, it's the only place I've ever seen in the United States or any of its tributaries or whatever that uh, you couldn't find Eagle Rider Harley Davidson rental or any like normal traditional way to rent a motorcycle. But a lot of these places that do motorcycle rental or you know scooter rental, which is popular, um, also had a couple of motorcycles hanging around. So because we decided we were going to ride two up just for the interest of one person can navigate, the other person can drive. We thought we'd do two up and we figured we'd do the scooter because we're going to have backpacks and shit and the scooter's going to hold more stuff. We arrived there, figured out the airport, got out of the airport, got over to uh, Charlotte Emile, which is their kind of downtown of their main part of their island, and found the rental joint. It's literally a six foot by six foot fucking shed behind a bar. It has no address unto itself. It's a shed with a guy in the box and about a half a dozen cats. Uh, and then they've got maybe like they had like one scooter and then like one really beat up on each other. And I was like, fuck, man. And the scooter was the scooter was like 6,000 miles on a one or two year old bike. So it was kind of a little bit thrashed looking. But I was like, oh, fuck it. We'll just go with it. We're only going to have it for two or three days. Then we're over to St. John's. So we jump on this bike. The what, two is of us. what is it? A Honda PCX? Honda PCX 150. Fuel injected, modern, you know, not a Chinese disposable scooter by any standards. A good, a good solid bike. We jumped on the thing and we quickly realized St. Thomas is fucking uphill and downhill and no flat. Like there ain't no fucking flat anywhere in the island. And I kept seeing guys on sport bikes and there ain't a quarter mile of straight anything on the entire fucking island. So like if you own a bike that can go over 60 miles an hour, that is completely useless. There's there's nowhere you can drive over 60 miles an hour on the whole fucking island. Aside from the airport, you just came off of like that's it. That's the only flat spot in the whole island. So, OK, good enough. We go to the very top of the island, of course, called Mountaintop. 
<laughs> they have the world famous banana daiquiri, which we did. And uh, you get the uh, you get the uh, Cruzan uh, black strap float on top of the banana daiquiri. Pretty fucking good. Pretty solid. And then we came down the hill and uh, approximately halfway down from the mountain. The Honda PCX no longer had brakes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and you can't downshift. Yeah. So it turns out, obviously, a lot of switchbacks, a lot of downhill. Did you, uh, you can't Flintstone? use in. What's that? Did you Fred Flintstone it at all? No. What I did was I was doing. Uh, I started using brake trading off. Like you trade off the front brake and then trade off the rear brake, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, fortunately, they're not because it was brake fade. I mean, they were, yeah, they were working, but they were fading out on. Yeah, they were boiling over. Yeah, that was exactly right. They were overheating. And of course, when they overheat, your lever goes right to the bar. You got nothing. But then you give it give it some time and you can work it back up again. It'll come back eventually once it cools down. So but the problem is there's not a really a good place to pull over to the side of the road and let that truck with 5000 gallons of water get past you. Like they're right up your ass. They live there. That's they're doing their job. And I had been told by several people and read several places online, you don't want to rent a motorcycle in the Virgin Islands because you're driving on the wrong side of the road. The cars are still left-hand drive and that everyone that's a tourist has no idea what they're fucking doing. And the roads are in very poor condition because they haven't fixed them since the 2017 Irma Maria tag team death match that tore the island a new asshole. So everyone says roads are too rough. Switchbacks are too hairy. It's just not a great place for a motorcycle. Save a life, rent a Jeep. And so we had the bike res reserved for the first two days. Went out, realized the scooter was absolutely not up to the task. Went back to the guy's place. Called him up and said, hey, man, we have a problem. The, the scooter you rented me has no brakes. We're going to get it back into you, but we need something better. And he goes, well, it just so happens I just bought three brand new Kawasaki KLX 300s. Nice. So I got a brand new KLX 300 with 211 miles on it. And I mean, it still had the new bike smell. It was perfect. I mean, the definition of perfect. The, the, there was nothing wrong with this bike. It was a brand new bike. And I have a new, complete and total new respect for the KLX 300. It, we Merit renamed the bike the KL Excellent. <laughs> and it was so good that we canceled uh, the reservation for the cars because we, you know, there were no cars to be had on St. John. They don't like you taking the motorcycles to St. John because the roads on St. John are worse and they're steeper. And so like the switchbacks there are truly frightening. When you're doing a switchback on St. John, you are over the handlebars. Um, there's so many bikes I own that could not do that. They just couldn't make the turn. They would bottom out. The bikes like there are no cruisers. We saw one dead Honda Rebel 250. Everything else on the island that had two wheels was either a rusted out, chained to a tree 15 years ago scooter or there was a uh, Honda, like an XR400 that was all just like garbaged up. And then our KLX and everybody was like, you're fucking crazy. You shouldn't be riding that motorcycle here. This is, you're going to kill yourself and you're going to kill your wife. Challenge accepted. Uh, 
Hold my beer. <laughs> yes. No shit. And the island's like 12 miles long. I mean, this is not a big place, but that 12 miles is 4,000 turns and incredibly steep climbs where you know that if Merritt were to pull away from me for one second, we did, the front wheel came up immediately. So like where her body was positioned dictated whether or not the front tire was on the ground. And we had hill climbs that we had to use in first gear that we had to start going switch back inside of that hill climb. So we started having to side cut the hill climb. And yeah, there's, they're telling you four-wheel drive vehicles are mandatory. It's not because of the you know mud or the terrain. It's because if it's a two-wheel drive, drive vehicle and the, that front or that back starts letting go, there's nothing to keep you from sliding right down the mountain. So fucking cool. Like super duper cool. So I halfway through the trip when I was just laughing in my helmet and just screaming my guts out, uh, they gave us helmets, by the way. The helmet's worth at least oh. worth a dollar. Uh, I'm going to send the guy a box of helmets from my shop that are our test ride garbage helmets that we get when people turn bikes in. Those are a hundred times better than anything yeah, he has at his place. Every helmet that was there had Ebola. Uh, <laughs> it was just fucking garbage. So I really like, I, I won 100% at this point. So this is how we lived. Uh, I don't know if this shows up. We'll see. So uh, that, yeah, there's me. So behind me, you'll see the ferry. That's called the Big Red Boat or Be Right Back. And that thing makes a 20-minute journey between St. John's and St. Thomas several times a day. You have to put your cars on that ferry by backing them on because it's not a drive-on, drive-off ferry. It's basically just a barge. And then once the cars are all on, then they literally are like, okay, now we're going to put you between two cars. Like I've never done a ferry like that in my life. You always put the, the bike up against the wall of the ferry. So if the bike falls over, it falls over into the wall of the ferry. Not on this thing. They make you put it right between the cars. Um, on the handlebar of the bike, you're going to see our the bag on the handlebars, which I now have learned that every motorcycle comes with a front luggage rack. It's called the handlebars. And that bag was our snorkels, our, uh, our masks, flip-flops, sometimes our fins for snorkeling. It's amazing. We at like at one point I had about 35 pounds of shit on my handlebars. Totally fine. And then on the back, I got my Isle of Man backpack. And then front end down. Yeah, it helps hold the front end down. Exactly. And you don't need to see anything on your dashboard because you can't go over 30 miles an hour anywhere. Anywhere. So you basically spend the entire time on the island in first gear second gear, and maybe a tiny bit of third gear. But that bike is amazing what it can do. And so yeah, that backpack lives on the back of the bike. There's no luggage rack, but that's what the backpack's for. And then Merritt's backpack can sit right on top of that one. And that's how we did all of our like heavy transitions because Merritt and I did that entire trip for two weeks, each of us with one backpack. So we learned how to pack light on this trip. It was fun. It was a great time. And the whole time I was going, I was just thinking Cleveland Moto needs to do a motorcycle trip here to that place. Because even at Christmas time, the water is fucking warm. It's beautiful. The, the nature, you go to Lake Havasu or you go to any place that people like boats, 
uh, Mackinac Island, whatever, there's always the guy with, you know, 57 boats that have like and people dancing on them and shit. And it's like stereo versus stereo versus stereo versus stereo. No, on St. John's, it's silent. There's no sound, just the animals. You can hear the turtles fart anywhere on the island. And if somebody pulls up on a boat like that, within one minute, somebody will show up on a dinghy and be like, wow, that's great. Go back to Cruise Bay or go, you know, go to wherever it is you want to go and act that way or go back to Red Hook. But where we are here is a national park and it's meant to be quiet. And it shuts them right up and they chill the fuck out. And it's amazing that you can have 20 boats all on balls, you know, on these buoys, on these tethers. And it's fucking silent. You don't hear anything. And then you're snorkeling and diving around and seeing all kinds of cool shit, turtles, sea rays, all that stuff. But then you get on your motorcycle and you get to go to a different beach in a different beach in a different beach. I have ridden more miles in flip flops in the last two weeks of my life than at any other point in my life. Um, in the, for the day one, I was like, wow, this is super duper fucked up. But by day three, I was like, yeah, I got, you know, that helmet you see in the picture, right? Uh, Merritt insisted on having a three quarter helmet. And it was probably an extra large and it only fit her when she had her hair in braids. And that, despite the complete lack of safety gear, that's how you ride. I mean, uh, it's not smart. Like a smart guy would have gear with him. We weren't smart. We had a backpack. So yeah, no, I mean, every day is a t-shirt or a rasher. Every day is just that skid lid or that, you know, that DOT, that DOT shorty helmet. And you know, I have water shoes, you know, I got Merrell's that I wear and it's Merrell's or flip-flops. And we've decided that they haven't, they have not engineered the correct motorcycle riding shoe for the islands. And then on the last day we discovered that they did. It's Crocs. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. We noticed that all the people that lived there as we were getting ready to leave and we saw the people that, you know, work for a living. And uh, we noticed they were all wearing Crocs. Like even the guys working on that fucking boat where they should be wearing steel toes are all wearing Crocs. The reason for that is the Crocs has a strap across the back. The front strap becomes the back strap. You can shift the motorcycle without it making your toes bleed. And then you can walk across the beach and all the sand in the water and stuff and the seashells will fall out of the Crocs. So you can go from beach to my buddy had in college. He, he made a set of combat saddles. He just took his combat boots and cut the heel and a toe out of them. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't like, I don't want to go open toe. So I don't want to go open toe because Renee works at my shop and she's not playing with a full deck. Yeah. Right. So right. I wanted to have the toe coverage. So I had the Merrell's which have toe coverage and they're like a fully enclosed shoe. But there were so many times when I was like, fuck, man, you know, like you just want to go onto the bike and, and go a short distance. And uh, yeah, it's really. So we were like, man, there needs to be a proper riding shoe, like a riding shoe that gives you protection. But all the water and sand and salt will all fall out of it as you're riding the bike, you know. And then we discovered it's called a croc. So there you go. So, I have a pair of Crocs. I mean, they're not the they're not the rubber all rubber ones, but I love them because they have a closed toe. They stay on your feet, but right. you know you can get them wet. You can get them, you know, and 
Right. So in we ultimately had the motorcycle for 14 days. I know everyone is next. The next question they're going to ask is, how expensive was that? Because the way this guy does his pricing is the longer you have the bike, the less your per day charges. We got the motorcycle down to $43 a day. Wow. Wow. No tax. 43 (laughs) per day. So uh, fucking amazing. Yeah. To have that motorcycle and have that kind of freedom for 43, for 43 bucks a day. Now, if you had it for two days, it might hurt a little bit, but having it for 14 days and just to be able to just not have to worry about, you know, taxis or the Island taxi thing. It used to be, you know, it's a Ford van or Ford pickup truck with a big bed on the back that holds humans and you kind of jump on, jump off deal. And it used to be called the dollar taxi. You just give the guy a buck. But now they got it all figured out where it's like, oh, well, if you're going from this designated point to this designated point, it's five bucks or six bucks or seven bucks. It's not the dollar taxi. And taxis themselves, like actual taxis, that'll add up real fast. But having the motorcycle, absolute godsend. Totally freaking love that bike. I mean, that bike. I saw you also had another another vehicle that you rented, though, the Whaler. We did the Whaler. So we, we rented the Whaler for a day because, again, as Merritt says, I can rent all the boats I want, not allowed to own any boats. So the uh, we rented a, a Whaler. And you can rent uh, St. John. It's pretty quiet. It's pretty laid back. But they're like main little strip where they have four or five restaurants. There's some rental places out there. You can rent a dinghy and it's an inflatable, semi-rigid inflatable, maybe 12 feet long or whatever with a little 10 horse on the back. And that's fine. But then I saw all these whalers lined up and the whalers were called thing one, thing two, thing three and thing four. And I was like, okay, yeah, you got me now. (laughs) So we called the guy and uh, they're very fucking careful. Like they don't want you. You can't drop an anchor anywhere on the coral. Right. So there's about a million rules. You got to watch a video. It's very good video. And you basically are renting the thing for about eight hours, right? But I knew it was going to be fun because the whalers were 15 feet long, but they had a 60 horsepower four-stroke fuel-injected motor on the back. If anybody knows anything about boats, that's three times more motor than you should ever have on that boat for anything. Like Maybe two times more. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so that's what whalers are built for. I mean, they're center yeah. console. They're open ocean type boats. They're not real big, but they're sturdy. They're unsinkable, and you can put the biggest motor on them you want. These this thing was hilarious because when it was just sitting at the dock and just waiting for us, it had the biggest. The the it's just like it was like I'm here, right? But with that motor on it, at not even half throttle, we were barely touching the water. Like the hull was barely in contact, having it trimmed out. It was fantastically fast. Then at one point I was like, well, this is great. We're making great time. I'm going to give it full throttle. I gave it full throttle. I'm never doing that again. Never, ever again. Way too much motor. The boat was legit. The only thing in the water was the propeller because I felt the entire boat doing this number. And I was like, if it's doing that, that means there's no water touching the bottom of it. That means it's just a hydrofoil at that point. You're a cigarette boat. You're a race boat. (laughs) I've watched enough YouTube videos to know that the next thing that happens after that is that. 
you know? Yeah. So I was like, okay. You had Merritt working the throttle for you. You just steer. It was so fucking fun. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was ridiculous. And of course, you know, they, it's a national park. So they've got these uh, buoys everywhere that you tie into. You never drop anchor anywhere on the island whatsoever. But the buoys are all located where you want to go snorkeling. So you just pull up. It doesn't cost you a nickel. You've got the boat. And you're, there's some, you know, uh, fucking judge from Connecticut on a 120 foot, whatever the fuck, and got his, you know, bevy of babes on there. And then to your left is, you know, the Shah of Oman or somewhere. And then you pull up on a 15 foot fucking whaler <laughs> with a little black bimini top on it, a little, it's a little, it was so much fun. <laughs> It was awesome. It was the best time ever. And then we were able to just go to all the right spots to go snorkeling. So it was great. And they give you a snorkeling map too. So they give you a snorkeling map and they're like, yeah, go here, 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 and here. And by the time it was, you know, 45 minutes away from us turning the boat in, we were on the wrong side of the island and had to have, you know, maximum enthusiasm getting back to the dock. And it was fun. I mean, it was really fun. It was, it was not this pontoon boat on Pima Tuming kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was like we might actually fucking hurt ourselves. So it was cool, and then we got to explore some old ruins from uh, the old Dutch sugarcane days. But then we got to explore some ruins from uh, way back in year of our Lord 2017. Hurricane Irma made uh, a couple of uh, resorts into ghost towns, uh-huh. but they're there, and you can pull right up on the beach. And yeah, we did that, and that's a lot of fun. Because, you know, just it's just these places are just gutted. But you could tell that it was a baller resort, Keneal Bay, Keneal Island and stuff like that. Uh, super neat Keneal Resort. But uh, no way to rehab them. They were done. They're done. Yeah. When, when you're on the island and you look up the hillside and 40 or 50 feet up the hillside, you see a boat that couldn't possibly get up that hillside. You know that it got up there with the help, help of a 40 foot surge. You know, and that's not uncommon. That's pretty, pretty usual because a and, if lot you, of sh- and if you went and rehab one of those, you're yeah. just waiting for the next 40 foot surge to wipe it out. I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's in the wrong place. It's in the wrong place. Yeah. yeah. Hey, where'd you find the donkeys? Oh my God. Thanks. Yeah. I did not know this, but apparently on St. John's. Did you, did you rent the donkeys? I did not rent the donkeys, uh, but the donkeys kept showing up. So we were convinced, (laughs) we were a little bit concerned that maybe it was kind of a practical joke, or maybe we thought the tourism department was involved because we saw these t-shirts in places that had like a donkey and it was like St. John's donkey. And, uh, but we hadn't ourselves seen the donkeys yet until we started taking the motorcycle further and deeper into the island. And we come around this corner at like a speed that would be a cautious speed because as soon as we got to the apex of the turn, six fucking donkeys. And the donkeys don't give a shit. Like, they're straight up. And then I found out two days later that they love pizza crusts. And uh, so that's a that's a pro move. Uh, I don't eat pizza crusts on most pizzas, so I was saving them for the fish. So when I'd go snorkeling, we could chum the water and get all the cool fish to come out for the pizza crusts. Well, when we saw these donkeys at the one beach, we were like, let's see if they like pizza crusts. Well, the thing is, we had three donkeys to start with, which I had enough pizza crust for three donkeys. I did not have enough pizza crust for six donkeys. And so the donkeys quickly exhausted my supply of pizza crust. My, my exit strategy was brilliant. I retreated to the sea, 
And it turns out the donkeys don't like the sea. So that was good. And then I got away from the donkeys. But the donkeys were pretty chill. It was it was pretty nice. I was able to pet a few of them. You know, it's nice if you have never petted a wild donkey before. That's kind of fun. Uh, mongoose. A mongoose and an iguana are the same animal. One has fur, one doesn't. <laughs> Just chew on that. They're both relatively the same size. They move exactly the same. I don't know what noise an iguana makes, but I know a mongoose makes horrible noises when it's messed up with a cat. So like uh, we stayed in a tree house and our house had no hot water unless you like ordered it up 15 minutes in advance. We had no television. It was perfect, but we had nature 360 degrees. So fuck a chicken or I should say fuck a rooster. The rooster's going off at 420 in the morning. Okay. They started going off at 215 in the morning. And that's it. No, I, I can't. I can't take that. So the place we were staying, the guy at the bottom of the hill had the pellet gun, and he was doing uh, rooster control. So he was trying to keep the rooster count to a minimum, so we'd have a better time. Fucking great, awesome, but they're really loud. And then I didn't find out when a mongoose and a cat start having words. No, that's really ugly. Nobody's going to sleep that night. So, yeah, and so, also iguanas so are suicidal. So. If you're riding a motorcycle, the iguana, yeah, the iguanas are like, like, and they wait until you are within eye shot and you're looking at the side of the road and you're kind of like, I think that's an iguana. And just by the time you say that, he starts running and they run and their front feet don't touch the ground because they have so much power in the back legs, I guess. So they just skim. And the first one, we hit it pretty good. Uh, Merritt says, I don't think it died. And I think, it died. If you say so. <laughs> if, if a, if a two-pound iguana can slow down a KLX 300, it died. You know? <laughs> That's it. I mean, like, like, I know that there's iguana parts in that bike. There's no doubt. Of, there's absolutely no doubt about it. But did you, see a, did you see a mongoose named Ricky that took out a, um, a python or a... Uh... No, we did not see Ricky Tiki Tavi. Okay, but, just but when we were we were up by the the windmills and stuff, and we're walking around, and we kept seeing these mongooses running around, and Merritt was like, "Oh, they're so cool, and that's great." And I was like, "Yeah," I said, "Except for if you you know if you read that story about them, it'll make you cry," you know. And she's like, "What do you mean?" And I had to tell her the story of Ricky Tiki Tavi, yeah. and she was like, "I vaguely remember that." And I was like, "What kind of childhood did you have?" Right. Like, that's the old yeller. Oh, of I'm the in a quandary. What's that? I'm in a quandary. One of our podcast listeners, a.k.a. one of our podcasters, brought us all a Christmas present, and I thought I would share it with everybody on the podcast tonight, and this was going to be my drink of choice, but unfortunately, that podcaster is not with us at the moment, so I don't know. Am I allowed to open this so I have a yeah. drink? Do I have to go back in the house and get something? Two thumbs up. Go for it. No. I say the gift to all of us would be to you to consume most of that. That would be the gift, yeah. <coughs> so hey, Nick's Phil, not here, Phil, but when he was in about the treehouse, too. Yeah, I'll well, give you guys a full report on the treehouse and stuff. Yeah. I put an Amsoil in a Kia. Amsoil in a Kia. This is what Nick got us. Oh, my. Rally Rum Company. Yeah. Aged for over two months. 
Yeah. In the seat. Well, not that I peeked in the bag, but I happened to just happen to have some of this cold-pressed banana coconut. Yeah, perfect. You're a fucking savage. Little mixer here, so. <laughs> You're fucking savage. I'm going to help myself. Ooh. Hey, speaking Make of savages, a drink. who's the baddest, most awesome guy that has a a car hauler that's flat with a truck that can pull about 700 pounds. Anybody? What's that? I need my paint shed moved. I'm to the point now with my old house. Yeah. I have to move my glued together seven by seven by nine foot paint shed. Seven by seven by nine. So nine is a tall. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So it won't fit inside the, the Cromkey Memorial trailer, nope. but we'll, We'll just rent a, a flat trailer. We'll just you know, we'll just get a a, a U-Haul. If I rent a car hauler, can somebody use their truck? Well, I've got all kinds of trucks. I mean, we've got we got all kinds of shit you can use. Okay, dude. Yeah, we'll we'll come out and do it. We'll attack this bitch. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set this up because I have to sell my old house this week. Yeah, set set it up absolutely, and then we'll we'll just go over there and you know I can get the van. The van will pull any goddamn thing, and then. Uh, does anybody have a flat utility trailer that'll fit a seven by seven base? I mean, it doesn't have to be seven feet wide because we can put two by fours underneath it. It's only about okay. three hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, I have an eight foot. I have an eight four by eight. Which yeah. But well, let, let me talk to my friend Harry see if he's still got his big uh, utility trailer. Yeah, because I mean, worst case scenario of all worst case scenarios is we go to U-Haul and get that you know get the trailer at U-Haul and for a couple okay. of bucks and we do it that way. Okay. Uh, you know, we don't, I mean, the car hauler trailer is, you know, it's kind of perfectly flat. Uh, car hauler trailer is nice if you happen to be hauling a car, but. Right. But I also need that. Yeah. So like, I mean, like, so I really didn't want to ask you guys to help me with 90% of it. Cause like, you know, we're all not 50 and pizza and beer doesn't work anymore. But now I'm to the point where like, I yeah. actually need help with this one. This one I right. can't do by myself. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we could give it the Hoffer treatment and just burn it down. Do you have like a, acetylene torches in there? Because it makes them go faster. It does make it go faster. <laughs> I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. That's cool. Um, yeah, I think we can do that. I don't think there's any reason why we can't. I mean, if... If so, we can use, if we use Steve's four by eight trailer, right? Yeah, we can make it happen. I can take the sides off of it. I mean, that's, that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. All right. exactly. So, yeah, Phil, you were gone for what? Two and a half weeks. I was gone for a little over two weeks. Yeah, and uh, and well, how did the shop do? So you have trusted compromise or compromise? Yeah, yeah, they did great. Uh, so while I was gone, they the the record. So this year. This December, we set a shop record, and that is we sold one bike per day every day we were open. I don't so, and for anybody in the motorcycle industry, in December, that's fucking unheard of. So, yeah, we killed it. We did a great job. And uh, yesterday, I sold four bikes. So, um, stuff that I'd lined up while I was on my trip and stuff, and just had stuff circling back. It's a, it's a, very, it's a very strange and powerful time in the motorcycle industry right now. But you said you bought a weird bike, though, didn't you? Uh, that I bought a weird bike. Did you just? Did you say you bought a bike? 
Uh, no. no, I didn't. I haven't. Oh, got that, was, uh, that was the uh, space van. Yeah, space van. I got what else? What ultimately ended up buying this week was I bought the Jag. Um, I bought that today. I bought a supercharged Previa. Yeah, that that's that's special. And then I bought a turbo diesel all wheel drive Previa. Now these are all Estimas, but in America they're called Previas. And so I got a a turbo diesel all-wheel drive Previa, a supercharged two-wheel drive Previa. I got the high ace astronaut rape van and I got the uh, Jaguar. So the funny thing was the- where is, Tell me about, where's the Jaguar coming from? Japan? Yeah. Japan or that was local? Japan. Oh. It's coming from Japan. So that so is- steering that, is on the other side? Yeah, because well, because England and Japan both drive yeah. on the wrong side of the road. So British yeah. cars are popular in Japan, and that's why. So uh, we can all be very happy, though, that I didn't buy what I was going to buy. You guys, some of you may have seen what I was thinking about buying, but I didn't buy the 1986 Rolls-Royce hearse. And that decision right there is something that I will sure that I will live to be thrilled that I did. Because uh, despite the fact that it was already in the United States, a 1986 Rolls-Royce hearse with less than 40,000 miles on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. So, but yeah, that's one that I'm, I'm very happy that I didn't, that I didn't commit to and, and or buy that hearse. Cause I think that, I think ultimately that would have been a, a lifetime of regret. I don't think there's a there's chance. There's got to be a reason why it only had 40,000 miles on it. Well, I mean, it's a fucking hearse. I mean, we, we, we know the way that usually plays out, but that. Uh, Good that, luck buying that, for a Rolls Royce, though. I mean, if anything's wrong with it. That's exactly right. That's a, that is absolutely right. And I did all the research on that car, um, and I really was careful. I was thinking about buying it. The price was buyable. It wasn't, it wasn't fuck you awful. Uh, it was it was a purchasable thing. The good news is I went on to enough websites and watched a few old top gear videos and stuff like that. And uh, if one thing goes wrong with that, and apparently valve train issues can be a problem, uh, that is a 6.75 liter Rolls Royce engine. She is not cheap to keep running especially not in this country where we don't have an excess of Rolls-Royce technicians. So I think in the long run, I'm going to be pretty goddamn happy. I don't have a 1986 Rolls-Royce hearse, even though I, I am completely fascinated with the idea. There you oh, go. Oh shit. Wow. Yeah. Right. It'd be perfect to drop a, like a 350 in there. So yeah, I didn't. So Steve, I'm perfect. glad you have to put a, You'd have to get a mannequin of Princess Diana and put it in the back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> wow. Permanent installation. You're right. That car would just be called Lady Die. <laughs> <laughs> Lady died. <laughs> Lady died. Yeah. Uh, so that's exactly what that is. Yeah, that's that's what that car is right there. And oh yeah, cool. There you go. <laughs> so uh, our podcast. Sir, also got us a card. Should I open the card since I already opened the bottle? Yep. Nick, (laughs) since you're joining us, I'm sharing your present with everybody right now. You you already opened the... Did you see what the... The Rally Rump. 
He's mixing it with like poop. Yeah. <laughs> just happened to have this perfect mixer. I didn't look inside first. I kept it a surprise, but I did just magically have a good mixer to go with it. This is the card. Oh, that's upside down. Is that Tanuki's? <laughs> but it has everybody's name on a penguin. Ah, nice. Uh, oh, uh, shit. You can see your name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's pretty cool. And they it kind of looks like Tanuki's. Is oh, wow. All the money just fell out. <laughs> it says Cleveland Moto Podcast. To, to this cause, I have donated a brown liquor. Some locals created a questionable rum. You know where it's from. Three stars is how it was rated. <laughs> have a fun holiday. Merry Christmas. Have fun. Stay safe. And it's from Nick DeVito. Fantastic, man. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Merry Christmas. That's very cool. And I promise whatever's left of the rum will make it to the next podcast. Right, exactly. One star for you. Speaking of the Nick for nothing. I dropped uh, five uh, moto stories right before Christmas and then yeah. on Christmas. And they all did really yeah. well, but people are super stoked about Johnny's uh, Honda Whisperer thing. Very so cool. We've had at least four. We've had nine emails, four of which are actually good questions and not things about his butthole. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to have to schedule a, a thing this coming week to have John and possibly Phil, if he can. Yeah. Uh, do the, I wouldn't uh, mind having some backup on that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we also have to do motor stories because people are like very upset that we've skipped three weeks. Well, what we're going to do is I decided that um, we are going to do a Moto Stories. I'm going to do a Moto Stories with Dr. Waters about our trip to the Virgin Islands because yep. it's really too much to just cover on a pod, like try, try to go through everything on a podcast That's a good idea. Um, because there's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, if somebody were thinking about making that trip, it is not something TripAdvisor will tell you about, yep. but... To a person who's a motorcycle rider, to somebody who likes a challenge, this could be a very fun motorcycle trip for uh, two or three people and dirt bikes to go have fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So I think it's I think that's worthy of having a moto story. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm looking forward to that. We will shoot that next week, maybe. Yeah, I'm really excited, really excited about it. So just to bring you guys up to speed a little bit about why we're not at the shop right now is that um, Sparky, our, our head mechanic, and uh, Kobe, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, a tree fell on Kobe's fiance's dad's house. And this is a house that Sparky had just lovingly put a new roof on. Oh. And so this mon this monster tree falls on, and it's an all hands on deck situation. And uh, they they responded out most Ricky Tick with chainsaws and ladders and other implements of destruction. And they got out there and cut that fucking tree apart and got the house you know freed up from the tree. But I mean, this tree not only did it bash through the corner of the house, but it actually came into the bedroom window. There's a big tree. So a lot of work. So they went out and they busted ass getting this, this tree sorted out. The downside is 
they're of a certain persuasion of believer that does not get a COVID, COVID vaccine. Okay. And so it turns out well, while they were over there all working their tails off, cutting up this tree, they got COVID or the people who owned the house gave them COVID. And it's kind of like, I, I classify that as the guy who covers up the zombie bite. Uh, it's, it's bad. And so what happened is now all through the holidays, the tree thing happened before the holidays. And this whole thing had a chance to just kind of get booted around to each other. And nobody was feeling particularly ill, but they all still had their holiday get togethers. And so they had their holiday get togethers and then they had their new year's get togethers and people went bowling and, and et cetera. So the long and short of it is our, our, our mechanic and, uh, and Kobe, uh, their Kobe, like, uh, Sparky's in, in bad shape. He's, he's having a really rough time of it. So, uh, I believe his wife who's in the healthcare industry, I believe she's also tested hot. Uh, but so we're treating my shop right now like a bit of a hot zone, right? Uh, we're not taking any fucking chances because it'd be one thing for James to take a hit. Um, it'd be another thing for me to take a hit. Lord knows they do great without me for 14, 16 days. Everybody was happy. And, uh, but we all know that we don't want Renee to take a hit. And uh, that's just, we just can't have that. So we're being a little careful you know, just a little bit and uh, we'll see, hopefully it works out. Hopefully we can kind of cruise through that and, you know, let the numbers do what the numbers are going to do. And hopefully we'll be back to live and in person before too long. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I have yeah. a, I have a, a, a motorcycle question. Have any of you guys, I mean, I, I try not to spend a lot of time in, in Facebook or where the fuck new name they they're calling it right now. But have you guys been getting a lot of advertisement for the uh, the Sondors? Yes. Okay. Because yeah. I because I started diving into it, it's like this is sketchy as fuck. I mean, it's a sponsored fucking like advertisement of the of the new bike, mm -hmm. and then I saw that they had the uh, L.A. motorcycle show in like late November, early December, or whatever time frame. Right. And I started looking that they were having discussions because they're trying to increase the cost of the bike because they originally quoted it for $5,000 for an 80 mile an hour, 80 mile range right. e-bike. Yeah. So now they're saying maybe it's going to jump to 6,500. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're advertising in, in Facebook that, oh, pre-retch right now so you can, or put your $100 down payment so you can lock in your 5K cost of the bike. And I yeah, get the you know, I looked into that and I found no way to do the hundred dollars down. They wanted five payments and they wanted you to pay the full amount. Well, and it's it's maybe it's in the in the fine print because I then I got the other another advertisement for their other version, the Mad Mods, like the, the moped smaller bike. And it says just the, the first payment of 300 bucks. To lock it in, so maybe they're doing the same thing with the other ones. Like, yeah, do a one hundred of the first payment for a hundred bucks just to lock it in. But maybe in the fine print it says that it has to yeah, be like I, I couldn't find a way to just 
do a hundred bucks down because I would have probably given them the hundred dollars. Well, look, look on Facebook because that's where they're at. But yeah, it might be, it might be just it says the first payment of five they have to do for locking it down. Yeah, I have not heard anything. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it to suggest that you know it's real and it's coming to dealers' shelves now because I don't think their intention is to do a dealer network. Um, I I think they're just going to direct sell them. Direct. So. Yeah. I think the, battery, the batteries probably cost them five thousand bucks. Well, that's that's uh, the problem because that they showed the bike or they had a bike in in the uh, LA show, which they had already had some changes of of the uh, DOT or whatever U.S. regulation stuff for the mirrors and reflectors and the turn signals and all the stuff that doesn't look like it used to. But it uh, at least they had the one bike that you, obviously you can't turn on or touch or get really close and personal because you know that goes. But yeah, right. it was kind of interesting to see that that there was creeping up and it and their advertisement to it. So if it if it was, I mean, I'm not saying it's not vaporware, but right. they're pushing it really hard for getting. A, I'm I'm guessing more people to to fund their their project to see if it's going to actually happen or not. Well, in that regard, did you guys check out the link I sent about the Stark Varg, the the dirt bike that can be, yep. it's only 290 pounds, but it can act like a 125cc two-stroke, like it has 100 different settings. So you can make it a 125 two-stroke, you can make it a 450 four-stroke, and apparently it lasts as long as one tank of gas, um, like at any of the bikes that are considered. And then once you're done, it takes two hours to charge the full capacity on a level two charger, which is- Yeah, so I had looked at that very closely because the numbers, the initial numbers that that came out about it, uh, a lot of times with these electric motorcycles and electric cars right now, the marketing department is putting out some mathematic numbers that violate principles of Ohm's law. They violate principles of weight, storage, and space. Uh, 22 pounds of shit in a five pound bag you know, this kind of thing. And so when I looked at that, and that dirt bike has been, that dirt bike has been virtually reviewed by a lot of resources, okay? Like a lot of people, journalists have hailed this thing as the second coming of Christ. But have you seen the riding videos where it's flying like over triples and stuff? It looks pretty good, man. Oh, there's, I mean, KTM has got an electric that does really, really well. So it's not out of the realm. And I do like the idea that it's designed specifically for competition off-road use. And right. that right there is going to be the difference between the Sondors and anything else. When you try to get a DOT homologation sticker on your vehicle that says you can actually participate in road going activities, you're going to be going over 25 miles per hour, you know, you're going to be in traffic. Well, then the bike becomes a hell of a lot more expensive to build. Because you can lie all you want about how your bike meets the DOT rating, but sooner or later, it's going to have to be um, NHTSA approved. And oh. that's going to be the, the, the stumbling block for making things an actual road legal motorcycle. And yeah, we know here in Cleveland, we got a bike called the Land. It's, you know, six $7,000. It claims to be the next, I mean, we saw them when we were down at the, um, the fuel show. Right. And they're ripping them down the street, doing wheelies on them and having a great time doing burnouts. It's cool, but you can't hang a license plate on it. It's not a DOT approved vehicle. 
what I like about the dirt bike is the dirt bike isn't trying to be a DOT approved vehicle. Right. It does not. And I did look it up. It does not have the charger is not in the bike. So if you can take the charger out of the bike, you're making the bike a lot lighter. Right. And because it has an off bike level two charging system available, that's the secret. So, you know, you can get really, really good charging speeds, but the bike has to go back to wherever the charger is, you know? So it's cool, but it is more of a tool at that point. It's more of a weapon. Well, it's, it's a be- dirt bike. It's like, yep. you know, people don't buy a RM or, or a, a CRF 125 to possibly right. ride on the street. That's right. They're, they're taking it to the track. So yep. it's. And I, yeah. I think that's the deal. I think that idea is I'm not going to try to ride this thing to work and charge it when I get to work. Mm-mm. Right. I'm not going to try to ride this thing to Walmart and charge it when I get to Walmart. When you when you say something is purpose built, I couldn't hear you, Nick. Oh, oh nothing. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just I was just like the thing with Energica, the thing with the Harley, the Livewire, the thing with Zeros. All of them have onboard charging. All of them have a charging system that works level one, level two, some level three, and that charging system can be everything from you know, this big, this long, and this wide to very big, very long, and very wide. Mm-hmm. And just the space alone, just the fucking charger, you wouldn't want to have that on your dirt bike. So to keep the dirt bike light and to keep it doing the things it needs to do, it basically has to be a Milwaukee drill. Big fucking battery, <laughs> big fucking motor, and a motor transportation <laughs> no system. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, was saying, I was saying that it would only work if you also have a charger at work and you also have a charger at your friend's house. And you <laughs> yeah. Well, you could, yeah. could you carry the charger in a backpack, though? I mean, if you really yeah. had to go. No. I tried that. So when, when the German company brought out the A2Bs, which was a very powerful, very high-end bicycle that, you know, in the hands of a licensed dealer could be de-restricted and in that neighborhood of 50 miles per hour, the charger is pretty fucking big. And if you did have the charger in a backpack, you would not want to fall down with that charger in the backpack because that, that charger is case of beer size. Mm -hmm. And even on those ATB, ATBs, uh, A2Bs, which were a 36 volt system, that charger was still big enough that you wouldn't want to carry it in a backpack, you know? So, you know, it's, it's totally practical, but I think the secret is keeping that off-road status because the second you try to put it on road, Energica just announced today that they were raising the price of their bikes a thousand dollars per bike. Hmm. That in and of itself, we understand things are getting more expensive to build, logistics, what have you. But they've also taken 1% of the profit margin away from the dealers. I think it's a lithium cost. Isn't the lithium cost like through the roof? I don't know. I don't. I just, I just know what relates to the dealership. And I know that when you tell me that I'm going to have to ask my customer for $1,000 more to buy the bike, but then I'm also going to have to give up one whole percentage of my margin, you know, look on an electric bike, it's really hard to make money because you have to make it all on the front end because these things aren't coming back into the service department. So it's um, going to be a tough one. I said an alarm. It's time for a Chris Smith joke. 
Oh, nice. I was, I was wondering, though, if I could read the back of this bottle real quick. Because yeah, it's kind of funny. And that'll give Chris enough time to get his joke ready. So. Nice. So it says, 300 years ago, the majority of spirits in North Carolina were consumed by pirates. Today, the majority of spirits in North Carolina are consumed by one of our taste testers, John. <laughs> just like the pirates of all. Just like the pirates of all. Old John can be dark with a sweet side. He likes to enjoy his premium sweet dark rum while firing a musket into the air and petting a, a kitten. <laughs> be more like John by enjoying this smooth or straight up. Very nice. Very nice. Perfect. The internet is as slow as he is. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right, Smith. This is your moment to shine. All uh, right, you want you want to hear a joke? Yes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> a guy walks into a bank and says to the teller at the window, I want to open a fucking checking account. To which the lady replies, I beg your pardon, what did you say? He says, Listen up, damn it. I said I want to open up a checking account right now. I'm sorry, sir. We don't tolerate that kind of language in this bank. The teller left the window, went over to get the bank manager, and told him about the situation. They both returned, and the manager asked, so what seems to be the problem here? There's no damn problem, the man says. I just won $50 million in the lottery, and I want to open up a fucking checking account in this damn bank. I see, sir, said the manager. And this bitch is giving you a hard time? <laughs> that makes perfect sense yeah. under the bus she goes <laughs> oh that the case you didn't what kind of fucking checking account would you like to open <laughs> all right i got another one for you hold on Beatrice was eight today said that was not funny <laughs> okay <laughs> eight years old well, then I can hold off. <laughs> I, covered, I covered her ears. Right. So a New York divorce lawyer died and arrives at the pearly gates. St. Peter asked him, what have you done to merit entrance into heaven? The lawyer thought for a moment and then said, a week ago, I gave a quarter to a homeless person on the street. St. Peter asked Gabriel to check this out on the record. And after a moment, Gabriel affirmed that this was actually true. St. Peter says, well, that's fine, but it's not really quite enough to get you into heaven. Blair says, wait, wait, there's more. Three years ago, I also gave a homeless person a quarter. St. Peter nodded to Gabriel, who after a moment nodded back, affirming this too was, was true. St. Peter then whispered to Gabriel, well, what do you suggest we do with this fellow? Gabriel gave the lawyer kind of a sidelong glance and said to St. Peter, let's give him back his 50 cents and send him to hell. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Those are all, that, that's for all you lawyers out there. I like that. That's fantastic. <laughs> I approve. I'm very upset by that joke. Mm -hmm. oh, I like God. that. The, uh, uh, I have the, the one more question about the, the 
electric bikes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the grumpy surrogate. I don't know if we talked about this bike. And apparently there's two versions. I thought it was just the one. The BMW's the CE04. It looks like a fucking ruckus and steroids. Yeah. Yeah, and then it does. Apparently there's a serial two that I didn't know about. So it's a smaller version of it. It looks like a moped, but it's still it's 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 not as goofy looking as the the zero four, but oh yeah. But, but that was supposed to be like twelve grand. The, the CE, yeah, the CE04 is bonkers. I mean, it's it supposed is, to come out this year. Well, yeah. all of those are supposed to be coming out this year. Well, so the the CE04 is eleven thousand seven hundred ninety-five buccaronis, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's crazy. And if you want, I'll, I'll share the screen here real quick, mm -hmm. uh, just so you can see it. And it's supposed to do like 80 miles an hour, Yeah, 80 mile range. Yeah. Well, that's a BMW, right? That's a BMW. It's a BMW, yeah. And it looks insane. It looks like I'm, one of those C3s. It's all over the place. It does. It looks like a C3. It's You notice on the back end, its primary is belt drive. So yeah. it's got a centrally mounted motor with a belt drive, an exterior mounted belt drive. There, so there's the belt. like the side covers. Yeah. Those flip flop down, and that's where you put your your, your hum, helmet in there. Yeah, that's all hollow. It's crazy. It's weird, it's weird looking. Yeah. It is an absolutely crazy machine, and and again, I ab I love it. I just completely love it. I think it's beautiful because it because it is so fucking different, you know. And when you have something that's that different, god damn it, good job. Yeah. I mean. Look at this thing. It is fucking weird. Man, it's, it's I don't it's see the BMW, comfort on that seat though. That looks like some cafe racer bullshit seat. Though. It is some cafe. If this is that looks what like happened. a Boomerland seat. Yeah. This is literally Judge Dread yes. meets you know cafe <laughs> racer culture thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't hate it at all. I really 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 like it. But again, I, I applaud helmet, it. Yep. That's that's the helmet container. Yep. And like it has these wings back here. These like these wings that look like they're on a speeder bike that yep. you'd expect to see a stormtrooper on, right? A biker scout on. And these look like, you know, air dams or they're not. They're not at all. It's this panel right here that opens up. So it's very fucking weird. Um, I like it better in white. Yes. Yeah, it so. looks way more chappy. Like I want to, I want to see die, die, die. Um, Deantwood. Yeah, Diantwood fucking riding that with chappy. Exactly. Back yeah, the, that would be. Look at the rear wheel. Yeah. Like, is that light shining through like a waffle no. mesh? No, no I think paint. it's painted on. It's painted. It's it's yeah, a, those it's a solid one. Solid disc. That, yeah. that thing's gonna be a blast on a crosswind. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's gonna suffer from the Honda fat or the Harley Fat Boy disease, yeah. but like. Changing a belt on it should be goddamn easy. Oh, but look down a little bit. They have some holes in that wheel. Look at that. No, it's paint. It's paint. No, those are painted. Oh, it's painted. Paint. Okay. Yeah, those are painted. Yeah. Hey, do you guys want to feel really good about yourselves? Yeah. No. no. Do you remember when we talked about the Honda Navi and how we thought it was pretty much like nobody gave a fuck? Right. So all the reviews have been like, oh, my God, this is the greatest bike ever. This, right. this is what we've been waiting for, a sub $2,000 bike, whatever. Yeah. Revzilla came out, and the boys from Revzilla were like, the truth about the Honda Navi. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives but a like, fuck. 
Like they went through and they were like, I told all my friends who've been riding for 30 years about this bike. And they were all like, next. Yeah. I Nobody, think I, we exactly said, we said like, okay, whatever. It's a, it's the fucking, it's a wildcat from 2008. Like who gives it's it? It's a Chinese scooter Grom. Yeah. With less horsepower than a buddy. Worse frame than a buddy, worse brakes than a buddy. And my thing is, bring it out and we'll take a buddy 125cc scooter and do everything it can do better. Yeah. And so on, on a on a 14 year old buddy that you can buy for 600 bucks. But I really appreciate the fact that Revzilla, who sells Honda parts and everything else, right. yeah. we're like, no, we're not going to go do We're Fuck you guys. It sucks. It's Here's to them. Here's to them for, for being the only one, because yeah. every other article that I've read, it just reads like it's on the back of the fucking brochure. Yeah, it is. Know? It's like yeah. people are like, they got a straight up boner. They took Viagra over a fucking scooter that you could get anywhere else for 400 bucks and fucking hate it. And every article that I've read, they're also giving a review on a bike they didn't ride. You're right. Right. So the reviews are all written, but there's not a single like, okay, so where's the picture of you riding the bike? You know, but that's just, and that's where we're at. We're in an internet age right now where nobody fact checks any fucking thing. And you can just be like, okay, just get it to the internet as fast as possible. Get the Instagram fired up, get the TikTok fired up. And let's make sure we're there and that we can say there's 400 reviews that all give this thing five stars, right? Yeah, Fuck pre-order that. everything that doesn't even exist. The same with the fucking video games. There's this pre-order shit. And it's like, it right. doesn't, it's not even finished. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for, wait for it to show up. The, uh, in, in right now, it's like, we're, we're at a point right now where over the next couple of years, I think it's going to be a make it or break it type situation. Uh, a lot of that stuff's going to get filtered out. And we saw that stuff over the past couple of three years. All these products that were supposed to be out, you know, Damon and all this different stuff that people were very excited about and thought it was going to be available. Look, I'm supposed to be driving a cyber truck right now. Yeah. My, did my you see is- that GM? Yeah. Did you see the numbers for GM and their electric vehicles that they sold in 2001? No. They sold 27, 26 bolts and one Hummer. <laughs> In 2021? 2021. So they sold 27 so, vehicles. Yeah. One Hummer. Only one of those Hummer electrics. Livewire said, Livewire said they, they were the best selling electric motorcycle and they said all these things. But the second it came out that there was a recall and they had to admit how many actually got sold, it was like, the number that they sold cross country of live wire bikes, like the Harley Davidson, the one electric Harley Davidson you could buy was less than one model that zero does like any, yeah. take your pick. It doesn't matter which model it is like, and they claim it was just overtaken by Toyota in 90 years. They've been the most prolific seller of vehicles. Toyota just beat them this year. Yeah, and I think Hyundai's up there too. I I think Hyundai. I I was shocked to find out that, I think in, that it was the number four selling platform on planet Earth for four wheel vehicles. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was shocking to me to find out how many Hyundais they sold. How does how does like Harley get away with like giving those shitty ass numbers yeah. and, and get away with it? It's this whole thing. If you can say something like, oh, the live wire is the number one selling electric motorcycle. 
and you just say it. And we are in a country right now where nobody has to back up anything they say. And you make that statement and you put it in an advertising block and there's like 17, you know, little tiny mm. asterisks at the bottom and you can't even read it. And people just and, repeat the same shit over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's just it. And it's like, okay, it sounds good to say it. We're going to get up on the podcast. We're going to get up in media and people are going to say it and we're going to generate buzz over something when, yeah, uh, when we're not even making enough of them to make homologation in racing classes and shit like that. So, yeah, it's it's... I hate to say it, but we've allowed ourselves to get to the point where like, we're so easily convinced, you know? So, you know, I was never easily convinced. Yeah. I said all along that they never, they weren't selling any of those fucking things. They weren't building them. They were just, it was all just a fucking scam. Well, and now they're not selling them for $10,000 less. So they've taken the price. They've reduced the price by $10,000 and they're still not selling as many as they didn't sell before. Right. (laughs) So talking about hom- homologization or whatever the fucking word is. What's right? that word again? Homologization. I don't know. The H word, right? The H word. I sent a text. I don't know if you guys saw it, but did you guys see that on Bring a Trailer, a 1993 900RR with 5,200 miles in mint condition sold okay. $50,512 on Bring a Trailer? I own wow. nine of those motherfuckers. I had yeah. three of that exact bike that I gave yeah. away for two thousand dollars. How, how cool. many of them ended up pristine, though? Well, no, no. Well, actually, <laughs> I was so, sleepy riding it. <laughs> well, no, my my ninety eight, the one that I built from the ground up and like kissed every fucking section of it. I sold that one for sixty five hundred bucks. Mint, like yeah. it was like. It was a rare rep. The guys from Repsol gave me stickers that were not available to the public to put on it to make it a Repsol bike. And I sold that for $6,800. And this fucking standard ass 93 fucking red, white, and blue 900RR, 5,000 miles. It wasn't like out of the crate. Some fucker rode it for a while, sold for $50,530 some fucking dollars. That's because, funny because I was on Marketplace and I saw a red, white, and blue 900RR, pristine condition, beautiful looking bike. The guy was asking 4500 for it. And I think, I don't know what the, I think it was like 18,000 miles on it. I almost sent it to you just because I'm like, wow, look how clean, you know, like this is a nice bike for 4500 bucks. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like now I'm starting to think like the game might be to buy some of those bikes pull them in, clean them up more, and then put them on bring a trailer. Yeah. So for some reason, rich assholes go to bring a trailer and not yeah. Craigslist, apparently. Yeah, I'd like you to stop saying that because that's been my secret for a few years now. Okay, well, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant eBay. eBay is where yeah. all these yeah. things are going yeah. I'd like to think that I've had that bring a trailer thing on lockdown for a while because yeah. uh, I've exploited it several times to sell motorcycles where – I list something on eBay and I get the bike up to like six or seven grand on eBay. And then I put it up on bring a trailer. Now I'm bring a trailer. You got to have like a hundred photographs, right? Oh, you got to put some work in. There's work involved. And, and they write, they write the copy. So like sometimes they fuck it up, but whatever, but they write the copy. They really do make it sound great. They sell the fuck out of it. And in a world where the prevailing vehicle being sold is a vintage Porsche, you know, a Honda CB750 for $8,000 seems like a steal, you know? Right. So it's very easy to get people to throw 
macaroni and cheese money around at the Barrett Jackson Barrett Jackson auction. And you know, you just got to find. You know, my my buddy says, get chased by a better class of dog. Um, and and that's that's to be said. If you, if you want to sell a five thousand dollar bike for seven thousand dollars, sell it where they're selling five hundred thousand dollar Dodge Chargers. You know, right? Yeah, because for people like that, the price of that motorcycle that's like the seat in the back of their fucking roadster. Right, you're right, and it's it's crazy to see bikes that were <laughs> like we gave each other, like literally, what? like oh your bike broke here, I have another one, take my yeah. other one. You're Absolutely. Fucking- Sell for fifty thousand fucking dollars, man. It's, yep. that's insane. Yeah, RC fifty ones right now. I'm seeing RC fifty ones for thirteen thousand, fourteen thousand, fifteen thousand dollars. Oh, if you have the Nikki Hayden fucking one with the fire chicken on the side of it, yeah, that motherfucker, yeah. you can print your own fucking price on that thing. Yeah. It's it's really crazy. I mean, we're talking about a 2002 or 2003 standard RVT, you know, graphics package, red and gray, nothing fancy about it. Yeah. And and that's it's that's going to sell. 1000 with better suspension. It's pretty much mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. No, and it's and it's a great bike and I said I've always kind of kept my eyes out for them, but I should have bought the 7 or 8 I had an opportunity to buy 5 or 10 years ago for 3 grand. Yep. You know. Um, I was turning away three and four thousand dollar RC fifty ones because they weren't the exact one I was looking for. Or so, mint. like you know, like it's crazy how like a few years ago you turned down some shit that wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. and now that bike, the unperfect one, is selling for more than you could ever imagine. Then yeah, but you know what? It the market will correct. It, there's absolutely no doubt about it. It's it's going to correct. It will. It'll turn itself. It's going to come back to where it should be. I but hope so. Me and me and Johnny Mac were talking back and forth. And so my daughter over here, this one mm-hmm. right there, she needs a 50 to 90 cc quad runner for our yard because her neighbor, yeah. our neighbor has a quad that she wants to run with. So I right. was like, I'll be able to find one for 400 bucks with like a, you know, a bad carb. And me and John, I'll call John and we'll fix it in an afternoon. It'll be great. Right. Now the it hasn't run in three year ninety cc fucking kids quads are fourteen hundred dollars and yes it needs four new wheels and the chain is fucking rusted but and it's from I, China yeah it's yeah. still fourteen hundred dollars Steve if you need one I have that TRX one twenty five yeah how much I'll buy it I don't care I mean I didn't pay much for it you can. Well, whatever you want, I'll, I'll pay you for it because she I needs to rebuild the carbs and I put two new tires on it. You can have it for whatever is in it. I don't. Yep. I'm I don't in. Uh, well, consider it sold. I'll give you an extra hundred bucks. Whatever you want. I don't need the. I don't care about the money. All right. Well, she will when I start charging them for that Kia Rockster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I'm already. I'm trying to dig out the money from my prison purse. <laughs> <laughs> that cur- keeps getting- we did. Renee and I worked on the invoice today because we 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 finally got everything in from the, the the customs people, so we finally got everything figured out for that fucking thing, and so we were putting the invoice together, and, and she's like, "Does he have any idea what what this costs?" And I was like, "No, he doesn't." But we've been John and me have been building him up, so like he's frightened it's going to cost a fortune. It's actually not that bad, <laughs> so it's 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 reasonable. I'll give you the money. I mean, I, yeah, but I, we just thought it was now? funny. Cause... What vehicle, how many fucking Japanese vehicles do you own now, Steve? 
I think Steve might be your number one customer. Yeah. The Rockst is a Korean vehicle, so that doesn't count as a Japanese vehicle. <laughs> okay. But I, mean, I mean, I have two. I mean, well, I mean, if you consider all my cars, I have like, I have eight Japanese cars, but I mean, two. No, me cars, like the weird, the Phil weird cars. The three, three of them. Okay. You've got three. I've got one guy that's bought six of them off of me. So there's a dude in Connecticut who's who is just he's real reliable and he likes the kind of stuff I like. So every time I'll get something and I'll post it up on Facebook, you know, or something that I've got it, he's always like he'll be real chill. He'll be really quiet. And as soon as I put it up on web, because he knows like it's not smart to piss him off and show your hand. So he'll wait until I post it up on my website. When it gets up on my website, as soon as it's on the website, he'll hit me and he'll be like, hey, because I still am posting most of my Japanese stuff a couple of thousand less than most of the other guys in the United States who are doing it. And uh, it's just enough to make it, you know, interesting. Well, I've noticed I've noticed on YouTube that there's a couple channels that have popped up that are like like getting all fucking hot and bothered about the shit that you've been doing for fucking 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like doing it, but it's become very popular. And what's, what's funny is it's, it's, it's become very popular, but it also chased me out of the game. I don't import Nissan Figaro's anymore. I I can't afford to import Nissan Figaro's anymore. That went from being a $6,000 thing to a $30,000 thing. And it's the same fucking car. So it's like, I'm out. That's it. I'm gone. And like the Land Cruisers, the FJ80s. Oh, they're insane. Those Toyotas, when I used to get those things with 60, 70,000 miles on them for around eight or nine grand, those are now 30 and 40 grand. Well, once Joe Rogan announced that he got a fucking, like, whatever the 40, what is it? C40? FJ40. He got that and had it remade. There was none left in the country. As soon as he said that that was cool, all yep. the fucking bro dudes that were fucking yep. lifting weights were like, I need one of those too, man. And like that was it. Rockstar has the same underpinnings of yep. FJ40, which is uh, very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. So it's very cool. The thing that sucks is that the car is dope as shit. Right. All these fucking like testosterone monsters, they don't deserve having the car. That's the problem. No, they don't. They don't get it. Yeah. But you could buy, like, you could buy an FJ, which is. You know, similar to it, it's got the same underbody and frame as like a uh, FJ60. Right. So if you look at it, you're getting the same, un- like you're getting the same, basically the same thing. If you could buy an FJ, and those actually go probably, those go way cheaper than FJ40 or BJ40. Right. So that's right. Yeah. And when you get into certain, certain weird, what I love is how the Japanese, who used to not give a shit about older cars, now all these weird 80s cars, these these 84 Civics and 86 and 87 shit, the stuff that's like the 25 years old, it has a little value because Americans will still buy it. But then if you get into the shit that's like mid 80s, you get into a mid 80s Honda CRX, it's worth, not here, but in Japan, it's worth $20,000. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, you can find one still if like, you know, a guy in Nebraska had one and he didn't put many miles on it. Um, you can still find them here, and it's still a very reasonable car to buy. So, but I ship built, that fucker to Japan. I built um, a CRX in the early two thousands, 
And yeah. I spent a whole bunch of time finding an HF because the HF came yeah. with a 1.4 liter shitty motor. Right. But it didn't have anything and it weighed 560 pounds less than the SI. Right. So if you got the HF chassis and then you slapped a B16A uh, VTEC dual overhead cam motor yeah. in it, now and then you turbocharged it, you had a 260 horsepower, 290 horsepower fucking car that weighed like 2,000 pounds. Yep. And so I did that and I, and I think I, I put about $28,000 into that car and I sold it for seven grand. So that was a totally solid fucking, uh, you know, scenario that I had happen. Good but, <laughs> but if I would have kept that now and sold it the way it was, like you're saying, I could probably got $35,000 for the fucking thing at this point. Like it kills me. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do a lot of comparison shopping. So you'll see, you'll see a, a car on a certain site or something. And, but you have to then acknowledge that car is just on that site. And that site may be trying to just have a blast with that one car. And then you go start and hunt around, check all the different auctions and stuff. You can find that same car on seven or eight different sites or seven, eight different sellers. And you'll eventually figure out which one of those sellers actually has that car. Mm -hmm. So there's one guy that actually has the car. And then there's six guys that are going to sell that car to somebody and then go buy it from that guy. Right. So that's the way these things work. So when you see like a car that you're like, oh, that's a cool car. I'd really like to have it, but it's $30,000. I'll bet you nine times out of 10, if you let me play with that for a couple of hours, I can figure out which lot or which wholesaler it's actually sitting in. And all the other guys are taking their price and adding their cushion to it. So I've bought a lot of cars because it was at distributor one. I, could, I saw it at distributor one. But they kind of hide the chassis numbers. They kind of hide the VINs. They don't want you making it too easy for you. But if you dig around and you know where to look and which site, I can see a truck for 7000 bucks and end up buying it for 3000 bucks somewhere else. Well, there, there's a guy on Facebook right now and all these other channels too. It's like Moto for You or something yeah. where he's, he's bringing in all the like untouchable two-stroke Japanese like yep. TDR 250s, absolutely uh, RC whatevers and all the stuff. And like he has all these, especially the TDR 250s, he has those come in all the time. And yep. he's charging 10 grand for these fucking things and they're selling. And yep. I'm like, if you had Phil's knowledge, I'm sure you can get them for 2,500 bucks all fucking yep. day long. You yep. know what I mean? Like, so it's. Yeah. I'm just at the point right now where I don't. At this point, I'm not bringing in Japanese motorcycles only because they kind of have to go in a container and shit gets weird once it gets in a container. And you can't bring them over onesie twosies. You just get crushed that way. Yep. You kind of have to go and you got to do a 20 foot container. You've got to build out a container. And unless I'm physically fucking there, I'm not going to put 20 motorcycles in a container, you know, 10 and then 10. Uh, I'm not going to do that if I can't physically be there to pick the bikes. And people don't understand how important that well, is. Ratchet strapped, out, ratchet strapped to the floor and to the ceiling and to the walls. Like, so those, you can roll that container over and the bikes don't go anywhere. Nope, doesn't matter. So I, when I was re involved in the radio control industry, right, there were all these guys that like were like, $1,600 for a fucking um, an airframe for like a big, like 40% airframe. Like that's insane. 
And then they went over to like Alibaba and stuff and found that you could buy these airframes for 200 bucks. So they're like, oh, so they flew over to China and they met with the company and the company showed them these airframes and they were great. For 250 bucks, they looked mint. And they were like, oh, great. So they flew back over and they ordered 50, right? And then as soon as the guy wasn't there anymore, the Chinese guys just threw together whatever the fuck they could throw together to make these airframes. And as Phil said, they stuffed them into this container. And once you pay for them and it's in the container, you own whatever is in that container. So if they don't strap them down, if they don't do a good job, whatever. So these guys got things. And so they ordered like 200 airframes. They were going to keep 20 for fucking parts and sell 180 and make all this money. But when they actually got the fucking container, there was only like 25 usable airframes and the rest were broken or fucked up or of lesser quality and other shit. So like it's exactly as Phil said, unless you have somebody that can live there and like watch the production and watch them load those containers every fucking day and see how they're strapping every single bike down, you're fucked. Because like once they close that door, you own whatever comes over the seas and that's it. Yeah. Yep. The way that these guys were bringing the way that the, I'm not were the, the way they are bringing con- containers full of K trucks is they're literally taking the K trucks and they're putting them in the container like it's doing a wheelie and they're putting another K truck on it, another K truck on it, another K truck on it, another K truck on it. They look like turtles fucking each other. Right. And that's the method for getting the maximum number into a container. And we did a few adventures importing some vespas from italy and we had put vespas in a container one pointing east one pointing west the whole way down filling up the container putting wood and cardboard between each bike and then we built a floor in the container you know screw guns and everything else we built a floor so we could have two levels inside the container and maximize the amount of space inside the container and just had it so there was barely any air in that fucking container and that's how you made it work. That's how you made your profit margin. That's how you got a lot of bikes in. But that's cool when you're doing Vespa scooters and you can literally zigzag them in. Imagine trying to do that with motorcycles from the 80s and the 90s that are covered in irreplaceable plastic. And uh, and now you're going to put it in a container. And the big thing about the container you have to remember is when you're worried about your pickup truck, you're worried about this, right? When you're tying a bike into a pickup truck, it's it's this. This is what you're worried about. When you're going into a container, you're worried about this. And it's not tilty tilty. It's literally the thing slamming side to side and slamming, slamming front to back. And when you take you a container. You almost have to crate, crate each bike and put it in the container. Yeah. And well, a little tip from the guy that gets bikes shipped into him every single day that are in crates. Those crates come in containers. And the outside of the crate looks pristine. There's no damage on the outside of the crate. But the bike inside looks like it lost a fight, right? And that's because even though the exterior of the box, the cardboard or the wood or whatever it is on the outside of the box looks great, the bike inside has been getting this treatment. And it's really, really tough. It's like your brain, like when you get hit in the head, your brain slashes around. You might look fine, but your brain is all... Yeah. And that's because the containers get very rough. I've been hitting the head so many times I can't even count. There's nothing wrong with me. Well, the bikes and you have CTE damage, but that's okay. We love it. That's fine. That's brain slash right there talking. (laughs) So I just feel like if I I was going to go over there, so if I'm going to go to Japan 
and I'm going to go in the place and I'm going to take you know a couple of weeks and I'm going to buy 20 bikes. And if I'm going to buy 20 bikes and I'm going to go to the dock with my 20 bikes, you know, I'll get a, a truck and we'll get them to the dock. And you give me a day with, you know, a, a Milwaukee and, and a bunch of lumber, then we'll build out the container and we'll get the bikes in and we'll strap them in right and we'll do it and we'll get them over here. But the last thing I want to do, I had a bad experience a few years ago where a whole lot of motorcycles came over from Italy uh, in, in, a, in a shipment I did. And every single bike, every fucking bike, all the plastics around the whole bike, all of them were fucked up. And you lose all your money. Everything's gone. Just everything's gone. Now, imagine if those were old bikes, 30 years old, and now you got to try to find that plastic because the guy who's buying it doesn't want to buy it with the busted fender or busted side panels or a busted tail section. So... You know, well, it's like we were talking about the uh, booze on a boat. Yeah. Just that general rocking motion of a ship that takes a month to get over here. If you have a piece of something that's touching a body work yeah. and it's rocking back and forth, that's going to make a scuff. But that's yeah. so. So basically, to summarize, to summarize, boat aged alcohol, good. Better. Yeah. Boat aged <laughs> motorcycles, not good. Not so good. <laughs> I just want to reference a year and a half ago when I said booze on a boat better, and now you guys all agree. Thank you very much. I, I don't. I don't think that everybody in this group agrees. I think that everybody in this group thinks that. Well, I think that one part of this group agrees, and the rest of the group thinks it's bullshit. <laughs> I watch moonshiners. I have a degree in moonshining alcohol, man. <laughs> I am absolutely certain of that. <laughs> Dan, Dan is grinning. Dan's punching shit right now. That's what he's doing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is, it is perfectly, perfectly appropriate to believe that strongly. <laughs> it's not going to hurt him. I'm not political, but I believe in boat alcohol. That's right. It, fucking... it, it, it hurts nobody. Opinion on alcohol. What? That's I trust. <laughs> Hey, you want to hear a joke? Yeah. Hey, so two married buddies are out drinking one night when one turns to the other and says, you know, I don't know what else to do. Whenever I go home after we've been out drinking, I turn off the headlights before I get into the driveway, shut the engine off and coast into the garage. I take off my shoes before I go in the house and I sneak up the stairs. I get undressed in the bathroom. I ease into bed and my wife still wakes up and yells at me and says, what are you doing out so late? His buddy looks at him and says, well, you're obviously taking the wrong approach. I screech into the driveway. I slam the door. I storm up the steps. I throw my shoes into the closet. I jump into bed. I run my hands on my wife's ass, and I say, how about a blowjob? She's always sound asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took a second, but I'm laughing. That's perfect. <laughs> I think if my wife had a manifesto, that would be in it. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. It's funny yeah. it's true. <laughs> oh, shut up, mister, going out of town for Poo-Tang. You're not even encouraging <laughs> me yet. You have, no, you have no voice in this scenario. No, man. no. Remember, I've been married before, so I know. <laughs> I right. Bill, I, I only have, I have one issue with some of your photos. Yeah. 
if you're going to take pictures of Merritt like that, could you please keep your hairy legs out of the photo? Yeah. It kind of ruins it for just me. Kind of do one of these and just kind of crap him out of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's better. Much that's better. better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to see your, your toes and your hairy legs. I was, I was working really hard trying to take pictures to make my boat look bigger. <laughs> yeah. I like the one with the helmet when you were when you're on the dock with the helmet and your head's right under the helmet and you're dark I had to keep it from a space. I had to keep lining it up. <laughs> you were know, me out, man. All I know is that if you can afford to take your wife to islands like that, you don't need a big helmet. So you're probably- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think when we do the moto stories, we'll 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 get some stuff together for the moto stories because uh, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a hell of a lot to unpack. Literally, there's not there's nothing to unpack. But like, we did a lot of stuff that was really fucking stupid. We did a ton of stuff that I don't recommend to anybody. It was fucking risky. It 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 made no fucking sense. But you just kind of work with what you have to deal with at the moment. Yeah. And then we did a lot of other stuff. Where it was like, we're so fucking glad we did that. And uh, the trip was absolutely fantastic. But I'm not ready to go into business taking other people's money, taking them on that trip. Because a lot of the reason the trip worked well is because I'm married to a woman that can literally put two weeks of her life into one backpack. Right. Yeah. And, and that makes things amazing. Like being able to, to, to be high speed and low drag like that, that really works. And you can't, you, you can't get that and you can't have that kind of flexibility and be able to move and hit that many targets if you're trying to bring the big box, the luggage around. It's got wheels on the bottom of it, you know? Um, we, we had no to move. Dryer. What's that, John? No blow dryer. Nope. No, no blow dryer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the place we stayed at, I would love to take you guys to the place we stayed at. It's a fucking treehouse. And on this lady's property, she's over 70 years old. She's a certified rescue diver and a certified underwater welder. Yeah. And she knows everywhere on the island. She's been on that island since she was 20 years old. And so she knows every place to go on that island. She told us how to get to beaches that you can't get to uh, unless you know. And we, we we got all access pass to an island because of somebody that lived there that we rented a house from and it was not expensive. I mean, it, it was very reasonable and there's stuff like you go to the grocery store and you try to buy a can of soup and it's fucking $7 for a can of soup. Ah, but a bottle of rum is $5. So not so much soup, more rum. You know, and when you have rum for five, that's exactly it. And so I do, I do think that there's going to be a trip in the future. I'm not sure how that's going to work out or how it's going to, how it's going to exist, but it can be done. You got to, you know, there's certain things that we have to massage out of it. We got to, we got to fix some stuff and make some stuff smoother. Uh, You know, change a few. I can, I can donate. $41 $41 from motor stories. That's how much we made. Yes. So we're $41 <laughs> towards this trip. Just let yeah. me know here at this point. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things I've gone on a lot of motorcycle adventures that were intended to be motorcycle adventures. This was never intended to be a motorcycle adventure. And it turned out being an amazing motorcycle adventure because it was accidental. Best. Yeah. That's the best. 
What else could you ask for in a trip? Well, I mean, we we're pretty pretty happy. And the funny thing too is you you don't need a passport. Hmm. You know, uh, you do need a fucking COVID test so, <laughs> because St. John's has zero cases and St. Thomas has extremely low number of cases, and they want to keep it that way. So if you think you're going to slide in there, the military's waiting for you. How many uh, knuckles did they go in? No, there wasn't so much the going in. It was that whole like the right kind of test three days before you get on the plane. And like, it had to be the exact right kind of test given the right kind of way with the right result. And they'll let you get on the plane in DC or wherever, but they won't let you get into the airport in uh, St. Thomas. And it's a real bitch to be on the air. I mean, on the tarmac, you've already paid for your ticket and you're on the tarmac and some spec four is going to ask you for the, the correct credential with the correct QR code and the correct color. And if your shit doesn't jibe, uh, it's not a question of like, oh, I bought this fake vaccination card on eBay. And that's not going to get you there. Um, you got to have all the credentials. And this, this one particular thing, there's a reason I was that island behind me there, that island, that's Yost Van Dyke. That's in the British Virgin Islands. You see how close that island is? I couldn't go there. So if I would have taken that little boat that I'm sitting on and and went over to that island, uh, it's a $10,000 fine. You're on the international do not fly list and you're never welcome into England ever again. Oh, just just so you can sip a painkiller in the bar that invented it. (laughs) I thought about that for a long time. Yeah. So you had originally talked about doing fucking uh, my man Flint fucking 007 snorkel fucking attacks on the island. Did that ever happen or no? We found a guy. So, yeah, we found a guy and the guy basically said, I'll I'll take you there close enough. Uh, I'll get you to a point where you're going to jump off the back of the boat so I can tell customs. I don't know what happened. These idiots jumped off the back of my boat. And then I'll circle back for you about seven hours later and you be in the same spot. And then you can crawl up on the boat and whatever happens after that's between you and whoever stops you. And uh, we decided after talking to a couple of people that it just wasn't fucking worth it. So, and it's not like there's no painkillers. There's fucking painkillers on every goddamn place in that fucking Island. Like you'll, you'll die of painkillers, you know? Uh, But but the idea was to have one in the BVI. It's just, that's just, we're going to save that for another trip. That's all. Hey, nice pussy. Hey, Nick's, <laughs> Nick's cat is over there. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a squirmy one. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was a, this was a feral cat six months ago. So. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. He's a little buddy. This is yeah. Elton, as an Elton John. That's cool. Uh-huh. Say hi, Elton. Look at him. Hey. <laughs> yeah, he's a the good cat one. Room. The cat room has cats. <laughs> well, obviously, Dad. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Ladies and gentlemen, the comedian of the hour. There right. you go. Right. Right. Chiming in from the cheap seats. <laughs> or on the Misfits, they call that the pretty girl couch. <laughs> hey, guys, is it more fun to have a dad that doesn't suck or a dad that sucks? I don't know. You don't know. 
Is it weird to have a dad that's me, or would you rather have a normal dad? Yeah, she doesn't want to say if you're in the one or the other. The correct answer is <laughs> yeah, 20 right. bucks is 20 bucks. That is exactly right. So, look, I have no support. My children hate me, but that's okay. All right, that's fine. 20 bucks yeah, is 20 bucks. I have bucks. a question for Nick. Yes. Yep. Have you have you ever ridden on uh, North Carolina State Route 215? 215. I don't think so. It's in the west end of the state, and it it runs through um, from the South Carolina border north through the Pisgah National Forest, and then further north of that. It, it's an amazing road. Hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, there there's a a ton of really really great roads in North Carolina, and they're not near me at all. <laughs> You're right. Um, I, I've ridden around a little bit um, for the past couple months, especially trying to like branch out and, and take some back roads and right. stuff. But, but for the most part, I mean, you really have to get away from the suburbs to, to, to get, get closer anywhere. to Tennessee. Exactly. Yeah. The closer you are that way, then yeah. there's, there's some really fantastic stuff when you get into the mountains and the forests and stuff like that. Um, the weather's not holding you back, right? What was that? The weather's not holding you back. You've got good weather for it. No, it's been pretty nice. Um, I think today was mid fifties. Um, I was I last I rode was the first. I think January first. I rode. I was riding the CT ninety around, exploring a little bit. Um, but but yeah, it's it's really beautiful around here. I just need to find some good roads. I just think snow. That road starts out uh, through the Pisgah National Forest. It's 35 miles an hour. After you get past that, it gets up to a 45 mile an hour limit. And you're not going to go much faster than that. It's a a challenging (laughs) road. It it was a lot of fun just in the car. You said that that was Route 215? 215. There's a lot of twisties, I'm thinking. Say again? It's a lot of twisties. Lot, it was constant twisties. Mm. In fact, I, I didn't think there was any way I could like my new car better than I already do. And then I <laughs> drove it on that road and I'm like, this is a fucking awesome car. Nice. So how's the, um, the, the snowmobile doing, Johnny? The snow machine? The snow, ma- <laughs> <laughs> the snow machine's running pretty good. I, I fired it up today and I brought it back in from Oberlin because there's no snow out there. Nope. There. There's more snow this way. Well, I just sh- talked to Bruce. You should make a, a sticker that? That on the side that says McSlushy. The McSlushy. The McSlushy. <laughs> Wait, Bruce probably has like what, four feet at this point? Uh, he's got he's got enough, so I think I'm going to go over there first thing in the morning. Yeah. Uh, take it over there and go blast it around his place. Oh, yeah. See how it's going to hold up. I'm looking for a pool toy. I mean, if you ever get enough snow out of your house, I thought bring it over there and get some sort of inflatable to drag around behind it and fucking have a bash for a day. That being said, the pond right now is about three inches of solid ice. Wow. We got a little more and then we're ready to go for some ice. And so my neighbor, my neighbor who is awesome, um, I gave his brother a giant ball jar of weed and now he's my best friend. And so they came over and gave me more moonshine. And they said, if you and your friends either skeet, shoot, or race motorcycles, if you don't fucking call us, I'm going to call the cops. <laughs> and I said, what? And they said, yeah, if you want to invite us over to participate, then I'm going to get mad and we're going to call the cops. 
So basically, we have full on range to shoot things and fucking ride things and do whatever, as long as we invite them to anything that we do. So we're right. good. Yeah. yeah. I will say that the snow machine is better than I expected it to be. I mean, for 500 bucks, that I guess that Rotax puts out like 75 horsepower. So how many? And it's like, uh, okay. I sent you a link to an enticer for 300 bucks. Yeah, there's. I mean, snow machines are cheap if you want one. I mean, it's yeah. the the thing of it is, you'll maybe only get to use them three times a year. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it was supposed to be the five hundred dollar snow machine that cured me of wanting to get a snow machine, but it actually turned out to be pretty cool. So, I mean, I did a dry rip, and it's like anything. You know, as soon as I gave it any kind of throttle, the skis came right up off the ground, and it was like what? And I'm like, ah, your YouTube video. Like one side of the property to the other side of the property is like one and a half seconds. Like what? Oh yeah, no, like your video. You could see that you were having a ball in your video. You were like on the grass, and all of a sudden there was nothing but sky. And then you were at the end of the property, like so yeah. I you, mean, like there's not enough property there. I mean, snowmobiles are built for going across fucking seventy acre fields. You know, like that thing's sick. Uh, so I mean, you can ride it around slow in some normal snow, but I mean, like full throttle. Definition of a snowmobile trail in Wisconsin. Yeah. Shortest distance between two bars. <laughs> so what so describe for the podcast listeners, describe the machine you bought, your make model, etc. That's a nineteen ninety Skidoo Formula Plus. It's equipped with a twin cylinder, liquid cooled Rotax motor. And I guess earlier years, they actually put out like 90 horsepower, but this one is a little bit detuned for the low and mid range. And it puts out like 70 horsepower. And how many CCs is that unit? 521. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, you figure like, and it's, it's very, it's a hyper, you know what I mean? Like, and it has no gear about, you know what I mean? It's just the motor, two pistons, two connecting rods, a crank, you know, like very rude. And the liquid cooling is there's a there's a pump but it pumps it back to a plate underneath the seat so that the snow throws up on the uh the cold plate and so it's actually snow cooled as you're riding it the snow is what liquid cools it so you have wow. to have some snow right or, or you know but it's got a gauge and fast yeah it's supposedly i mean i guess after you're riding for a while it's going to warm up the seat and everything yeah yeah, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, the ones that we had back, even back then, the the liquid cooling and you know there was always a heat sink that was based on the snow plate that that was it's not instead of using a radiator and wasting all that beautiful heat out into the environment, uh, you would actually as you'd ride the thing, the the seat would get plenty fucking warm. Yeah. Like, the idea is like you need a seat heater. No, you don't really need a seat heater. It's kind of engineered into it. Yeah, cool. CVT I, grips. I, I got the one wasn't working. I soldered it. So the heated grips work. Cool. And I mean, it starts with one pull. I like the cool thing about those is the primer on it. You don't have a choke. It has a little plunger thing. You pump it three times and it has like right where the normal vacuum ports on a normal carburetor, it squirts gasoline right into the intake port. So three pumps, one pull and bring it in. You know, it fires right off. No problem. That's cool. That's great. So we'll see. I just waiting for the right moment. It looks exactly like a 1990 sled should look. 
Oh yeah, it's all red on red, red bogeys, red this like. Yeah. Oh, it's the yeah. best. It's the best era of sleds. It looks like like to me that's a fucking snow machine, not this new yeah. wheel shit. Like that's well, a snow machine. It's a uh, it's new enough that it's got full suspension, so it's got shocks in the front and dual shocks in the rear, and like if you stand up on it and bounce up and down, it actually it's yeah. not just a you know solid ride. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the big, the big thing will be if it ever makes it across the pond, because I've watched no, a number of videos where that same, like that same snowmobile, yeah. is excellent for water skipping. Like guys are just riding them like a fucking jet ski across a lake. <laughs> so we'll have to all your ass well, around now. Well, I'm thinking maybe Oscar does the first That's trip across thinking. the pond. I'm thinking. I'm thinking we we put a flotation device on the ski. And we put a flotation device on the Oscar, yeah. and we send him out. And <laughs> <laughs> roll him back in. <laughs> I did. I, I just watched a video where a guy actually took took a, took a, a, the snowmobile across a pond with the. So that'll be fun. I don't know. I just I just found a helmet that'll fit John's head, and it was a nine X. No. And I sent you a picture, but they were already sold out. I'm sorry. I couldn't. All I saw was that one that was the comic helmet. It was about four and a half feet in diameter that was yeah. on the back of the Moto Guzzi. That was it. Yeah. That was almost big enough for me. <laughs> it was pretty good. The, um, I'm going to be going to the uh, Las Vegas AIM Expo uh, on the 14th. So coming up here real quick. Uh, but uh, turns out I might not go. Uh, it's it's just getting a little too weird out there. And I do feel like Las Vegas is ground zero for weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> so for exactly seven days from today, uh, or, or less actually, yeah. the idea of injecting myself into Las Vegas via a large silver vessel full of other humans breathing uh, it just seems like a bad fucking idea. And then to go into a convention center with more humans breathing from all over. You're, and usually, you're going into a mortal Joe of Macan. Like yes. that's going to be the next. That's like Portland one movie. show number two. That's exactly it. Right. And that's, you know, hey, I love, I love myself a motorcycle show. I love myself a trade show. But at this point, I got to check with Liza and her crew and see if they're still planning on going it. Where they are, they can drive to the thing. And honestly, if I could drive to the thing, I think it would lower my risk by about 30%. Uh, the idea is getting in an airplane. I mean, I know how airplane filtration systems work. That's, you know, that's its own jam too. But airports themselves, you know, I, we were two weeks in the Virgin Islands. We never had a meal indoors. We ate everything outside. We drank everything outside. Everybody was pre-tested. You could have rubbed your dick on anything and not got COVID. You were fine. But... <laughs> But getting out of that motherfucker, all the hard work that went into getting in is all reduced to nothing when you get into the airport and it's assholes and elbows. And when you're right on top of people, because that's where they got you and you go through security, you can't come back out again. And you're trapped in there for two, three hours because they want you to get there ahead of time because it's Caribbean. And like that whole time I'm sitting in that airport, I was like, Jesus Christ. There's no such thing as social distancing. You're right on top of people. And imagine that where your destination is Las Vegas airport. And if you've ever been to McCarran airport, 
you'll know that it's like you get off the plane, they give you a cigarette and they stuff a, uh, 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 one of the machines that takes your money away. (laughs) So you get a cigarette, you get, you get a jackpot machine, uh, right in front of you and you're screwed. And like the slot machines and cigarettes, that's gotta be COVID prime, man. Like that's, that's it. Yeah. So I, I just can't feel like going to Vegas for four or five days is the best possible use of my time. Yeah. Yeah. I registered for it too. And I, I held off getting a hotel room and buying yeah. a flight. I was thinking maybe I would just drive out there because where the hell do I have to be? Right. Um, but I, having second thoughts about it. I'm, I don't think I'm going to do it either. Yeah. Yeah. I can cancel the ticket. It's like 200 bucks. And uh, in the weird world of today's travel with United, it was a $200 non-refundable ticket, but for $90, I can upgrade the ticket into a refundable ticket. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll upgrade my ticket into a refundable ticket. I don't know how the math works on that, but uh, so yay. And the hotel said I could cancel my room up until the day before. So the Sahara. So I really don't feel I'm having a not so fresh feeling. And there's a lot of things in Vegas I love to do, but I don't think I'd love to do them as much. So I have a a, a circulating back to the last podcast question. Yeah. Everybody. But I'm going to break it up. So Smith, how did your Chris Smith fireball Christmas Eve go? And then did everybody else get what they asked for and whatever else happened with Christmas? Because we never discussed any of that. So Smith, how did Fireball Christmas go? Or Chris Smith go? Well, it uh, it kind of petered out a little bit. Um, So what what we ended up doing was rather than going to somebody's house, because it's going to be at my sister-in-law's house, and she got the Rona. So we ended up going to um, <clears throat> Gormley's, which is over on uh, Worcester Road and, uh, and Center Ridge. So we rented out the upper part of Gormley's Bar, and uh, everybody brought their own food, and everybody brought 10-foot poles to keep your distance, and we passed out, <laughs> you know, uh, some gifts. But, you know, what? it was as good as you would expect it to be during the Rona. So, you know, we got to see everybody, but it was kind of a, a low-key situation. What about Dr. Dr. Mecklefresh up there? What happened with you? Uh, I mean, I really didn't ask for anything. My, I bought my own Christmas present, a snow machine, kind of. And so, yeah, I was feeling a little sick, and I had to work that day. So, But I did go. We went over to the in-laws and had prime rip. That was awesome. Nice. I, I, yeah, I, Diana I, I, and I... Went uh, went down to South Carolina. Uh, we we tried to isolate for about ten days before we went. Tested before we got in the car to drive down. Drove down and left at eleven thirty at night, so we didn't come near within thirty feet of another person on the drive down there. Uh, visit my friend Gary, who's uh, just had chemo in the past year, hmm. and his sister lives across the pond from them, and they had wanted to get together for Christmas, but his sister had been up in New York uh, for a couple weeks. She came back, got herself tested, and found out she was positive after flying back from New York. Uh, She was vaccinated, didn't get it too bad, then came home from the trip and found out that I lost another friend on Christmas Eve to coronavirus. Oh, Jesus. 
Is there right, Shannon? Man. We did take a trip trip down to Columbus. That's where we went to that other world thing. I highly recommend that. It's like a strip mall, like you know, old clothes Kmart, and they you just started building out room for room, and each one is a different like total psychedelic experience. And so, I, mean, I don't know how much it was. For each, what is it like? Mushrooms, acid, or just smoke weed? Anything you want. I mean, okay. even I didn't do anything that was still really super cool. I, you know, and I guess there's like a scavenger hunt. There's like things you can look up and everything, but you could take the kids. I mean, B would love it. I mean, like, because there's all kinds of like you can crawl through this little like you know mouse hole into the next room and like just super cool. It was. I mean, two or three hours walking around in there was a lot of fun. I mean, we had to wear masks and everything, but. And they, and they continue to build it. They bought the next place over. So it's just like they have a permanent crew of like six or seven people. And they're basically just building out room after room of whatever crazy thing they can come up with. Awesome. I'll make it happen. So, All right. So Sunday I'm taking my daughter back to OSU, so maybe we'll stop in. That's definitely check it out, man. It's worth it. Yeah, cool. Hey, Phil, our yeah. – uh, are we going to go to the Piston Power Show? Can we get uh, – it's going to be at the IX Center this year. It is going to be at the IX Center this I year. I thought the IX Center was getting demolished. Yeah, no. I did too. Uh, I, they were demolishing some other shit. I saw it. I jumped to conclusions. I later looked it up, and no, they are not tearing down the IX Center. Oh, really? I was wrong. So the IMS show just said, fuck you guys, then – like yeah, they can't even use that as an excuse now. Uh, the IMS show, the people who organize the IMS show, uh, by the way, the picture behind me, there's no filters. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. The, uh, that's just that's just what it looks like. Uh, you so, married up, dude. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I know that. That's, that's <laughs> obvious. Yeah. yeah, you did too, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think IMS has been dying for years. If you look at it, major, you know, a lot of major manufacturers weren't even showing up at the last one. And it, I just think it was shriveling to the point where they're just not doing it anymore. Well, what, what they, with all the guys, the, the new director of it, and I, we had a good conversation with him. Uh, he made it very clear. He's like, if we're going to do this for COVID, you know, because now it's two years, uh, but back when it was still the beginning of COVID and you're trying to do a whole year schedule, every venue had to be an outdoor venue. So there's no way their insurance providers, there's no way the major manufacturers would agree to participate in something that was an indoor venue. So everything had to be outdoors. And the Portland One show that we didn't go to last year, uh, but the Misfits went to, that was this kind of like an open hall, freeze your balls off, bring your own camp chair kind of event. And all the IMS shows became outdoor shows, massive real estate outdoor experience make the best with what you got but all those type of indoor convention center type shows all got canceled because nobody wants to run the risk and honestly nobody can insure you to say we're going to have an indoor event and 30 percent of the people that show up are going to end up getting covid yeah. all they had to do was open the doors to the ix center and it'd be an outdoor event it'd be an outdoor event that's it that's it you could ride the fucking ferris wheel till your arms fell off but the uh <laughs> but yeah i i do think that was that that's a big part of it but i do um I, I, the piston power show again if it's at the ix center we'll have to see i mean i personally will have to see what's going on with this thing we're in right now because a lot of people are saying that 
um, you know, I, and this is bullshit, my personal thing or whatever has nothing to do with it. It's like some people are going to get vaccinated. Some people are going to get the virus. The end result is going to be the same. Or so you're going to get both of them and then have like whatever. And, and how I have hey, all of that. I've done all of that. Hey, Sleepy, how did that work out for you? Um, very much better than somebody that wasn't vaccinated. I'll tell you that. Right. But I mean, how was your trip? Like, how did you enjoy that? I didn't at all. Right. So as long as as long as Sleepy is my bellwether for what kind of an experience I might have if I decide to go hang out in a room with 7,300 old white men and 36% of them don't believe in the vaccine, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it's not worth it. Matter. I mean, because the people who've been vaccinated could have it and give it to you. So it's just the the sheer factor. It's seventy three hundred people. You just want to avoid people in general. Exactly. You're right. Yeah, it doesn't. At this point now, like vaccination is a personal thing, and it's either going to make you go to the hospital and be on a ventilator, or like as most of us experience, COVID sucks. But I never thought my lungs were going to explode. Like that was like the big thing of getting back. I was like vaccination kept my lungs from exploding and I didn't have to go to the hospital and be on a ventilator. It sucked. I don't want to do it again. And I'm very conscious of that. And I wear a mask and I'm like, I I don't even go anywhere. I don't do anything. I go, I go to my old house, this house. And if I have to home Depot, but I look like a a fucking scuba diver when I go to home Depot, (laughs) I'm I'm wearing all the shit. I don't care. I don't care what my laughs. I'm like, you can laugh at me, but I've been through the shit and I don't want to go through it again. It sucks ass, dude. It sucks. Did you get the, the smelling thing? The, oh, oh, yeah. I just got my smell back. Oh, so you, that's, that's what I, I haven't heard if you actually get it back more. or not. And so we'll I, ask your daughters. We'll ask your daughter whether or not you ever lost your scent, your smell. Oh, I did because I was farting constantly and I was like, <laughs> I don't smell anything. And they were like, I hate you. but now now i can fart and smell it and that's when i knew i was back i was like okay i can smell my own fart that's what sparky so today sparky said uh today sparky said that he it's official he's completely lost his sense of smell and taste oh then he loves you guys now (laughs) (laughs) so this child has waited two hours to open her presents. So I'm going to have to say that we're going to have to cut this short. Okay. She has to go and open presents. It's her eighth birthday today. Wow. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. That's eight years old. Happy birthday. Yeah. So that was the Happy last birthday, time I was fertile. Eight years ago was the last time a seed exploded for me that was fertile. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody got anything else? No, nah, man. Nope. Right past the take chance. <laughs> <laughs>